Welcome to and almost starring the show where each week we take a film and break down the casting, including who almost starred. I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Amy Jo Jackson. And Tenet may no longer be coming out this weekend, but that doesn't mean we can't celebrate Christopher Nolan's first foray into the world of blockbusters with Batman Begins. For better or for worse, out there is a universe where it may seem bizarre, but they were almost starring. Hey, Micho, how are you doing today? I'm okay, Jeffrey. How are you? <laughs> I'm good there, Remicho. Uh I've got a nice little uh, summer pills, little uh, local br- uh, pills a local from brew, the Breckenridge Brewery. The Breckenridge Brewery down the street. Yeah. I mean, like quite far down the street, but Ooh, I mean, it's down the street. The street. It's yeah, like, you yeah. know, quite close. I always go as good to support a local business, especially when, when it's delicious. Well, I'm going to say, especially when it helps get you drunk. <laughs> A to the men. I'm supporting a local, and by local, I mean local to California wine, uh, winery, because as we know, there are many fires in California. Yeah. And by supporting these small wineries, by drinking their Cabernet Sauvignons, I'm doing my part. You're doing your part. I'm, uh, I'm doing I my am. part with my bills. You're doing your part with your caps. We out. couldn't call this activism. We're do- <laughs> you know what? We could. <laughs> and we shall. Um, <laughs> Batman Begins is a superhero action adventure film that came out on June 15th, 2005, 15 years ago, uh, and was directed by Christopher Nolan and written by Nolan and David S. Goyer. Amy Joe, what is your experience with Batman Begins? Had just seen it before. Yes, Jeff, I had. I had seen Batman Begins in the theaters <laughs> One time and that's it. And that was, as you've so rightly said, 15 years ago. However, I will say, unlike Mm -hmm. many of the Marvel films, which our previous (laughs) listeners will (laughs) recall, I actually have seen most of the Batman Yes. I've not seen like the Adam West but I mean I've seen well, clips right, right, right. you know but you you've not seen the Reese you've not you've skipped entirely the Ben Affleck the Batfleck oh, the Batfleck nobody needs it certainly not moi <laughs> however did I see the Michael Keaton Batman but yes, did I see Val Kilmer mm-hmm. as Batman? That was what I was raised on. Did I see George, George Clooney? Clooney? Uh, Unfortunately, yes. I did. Not until we were wedded uh-huh. and you were yeah. like, you know what you need to see is this, this bananas film. film. And I was Wh- like, which, I did. We- I we're going to eventually it. do all of those films on this podcast. We got it. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I guess like the, the cool Tim, party. The, the Tim Burton. So, so the, the Jack Nicholson as Joker yeah. and yeah, the Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Yes, yes, yes. Batman's. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. As Catwoman. As we all know her. Um, those those are the films that I like had seen the most. But then I saw this Dark Knight. I saw, I think, twice in theaters because apparently Same. I liked it. Yeah. And you know what? It was good. I saw and Dark Knight either two or three times. There's another I've three one times in that I think I've seen. But I, the yeah, Dark Knight Rises? It feels the like one a with fever Tom dream. Hardy as Bane? Maybe I missed it. You could have. I think maybe I did. Point and, is, and basically, Hathaway as Catwoman? Maybe I just saw clips. You know what? Oh, I was okay. an adult by that yeah. time, and I was like <laughs> doing other things. Like I was like, I'm living in New York. If I'm gonna spend fifteen dollars on a movie, I might as well spend thirty dollars on a theater ticket sure, and see something sure. else. But I definitely, up to this point, had seen all mm-hmm. the buttons, the, the major buttons, the major buttons, which I will say is mm-hmm. very different than most of my other superhero. Right. Uh, you know, I've seen like one of the Supermans. 
I, I definitely was raised on the Dean Kane television show. Wow. Well, yeah. Sure. I mean, I was yes. an adolescent. The, the new adventures of Lois and Lois Clark. Lois and Clark. Yeah. What yeah, a great yeah. title. Uh, great. So, uh, and yes, I'd seen this, I think the same as you, like the one time in theaters. Um, and I, I, th- I thought it was fine. I thought it was like a fine film, but I just never had the need to revisit it. Opposed to The Dark Knight, which I've so seen good. one bajillion times. So good. Um, and I, I, to me, it's because it's um, the difference of getting Jonathan Nolan to write your script for Dark Knight. And with this, with David S. Goyer, who wrote this and The Dark Knight Rises, that uh, I'm just never, never a huge fan. He's also done like, I think he wrote the script for like Man of Steel. And like he directed the third Blade movie, which is a trash fire of a film. Um, he's, he's always just someone that I'm never like, why, why bother? Why bother with David S. Goyer? Also, you um, do have to acknowledge yeah. Heath Ledger's performance in Dark Knight. Oh, absolutely. It's so good. Oh, of course. And I I mean, I was yeah. like living in New York and, and working on Bleecker Street, selling glasses <laughs> at an eyewear store, baby, when I remember the news about Heath Ledger coming in. Like, and, uh, and we like yeah. were all so shocked because there's only a few yeah. blocks south from where we were that he was found because I think he, oh, he like wow. died in Soho. Maybe Ooh. I'm no no no. Maybe he died in the Czech Republic, but he lived in oh. Soho. There was okay. there one of the other. It was <laughs> listeners write in and tell us. And by that I mean I'm gonna Google it after this. So shut up. <laughs> However, the point is I think he he lived not that far from us where we were in the West Village, and it was it was very shocking to be like sure. dealing with that and being like what. Yeah, um, but yeah, also course, and then that performance was so indelible, uh, even if he hadn't died, that it kind of makes this film, which is solid, feel right. like it's missing something because that movie is so electric. I will say it's also the I mean, the problem with a lot of origin stories, um, you have so much to get across. You have so much information you got to get through. Uh, and especially, you know, when you've got multiple villains because this film has at least three villains with uh henry ducard scarecrow and carmine falcone i'm not even mentioning ra's al ghul or the two ra's al ghuls we'll get into spoilers ahead um and even though dark knight has you've got joker and two-face it's still he's like barely two-face in that movie aaron eckhart and it's like mainly it's the joker show you know it's and it should be as it should be but um you have because he's already he's already batman he begun so you don't gotta worry about (laughs) that nonsense he's already batman i don't have to go back to crime alley for the 80th time look i know this is like not a hot take Uh, this is the coldest take ever but do we have to go back to crime alley in every batman movie as by a cold take you you mean a chill take you mean like a joe chill take oh jeffrey your reaction when you realize that the the guy that murders Batman's parents was named Joe Chill. I you were was so, so mad. mad. You were infuriated. I was mad a lot during this movie. Not not in the way I was mad during Con Air, but not not. No. There was a lot I was mad about that. I was like, oh well, this is systemically. Blah, blah, blah. But I was also just like, I think I did scream at the television at that point. <laughs> Which then we just imagined uh, uh, Joe Cool, Snoopy's cool college guy character, also, murdering about his parents. Joe Camel, <laughs> another oh, Joe real Camel, cool of course, of course. guy. Yes, yes, yes. Can you, all right, son, Gary Oldman just putting his jacket around young Bruce Wayne, like, okay, son, so don't don't worry, we caught him. And then like outside in the window, you see this this camel with sunglasses a smoking a cigarette camel. walking by. Um, oh, brother. <laughs> Buy Marlboro, kid. <laughs> oh, man. Wow, he really is evil. <laughs> Getting our kids to smoke. <laughs> that cool cartoon camel, Joe Chill. Um, <laughs> Should we synopsize this Let's film? Well, first of all, so um, 
because a little preface for this, because it's not like here's this Batman beginning for the first time. He began so many other times before that. So, so many times. Uh, following the critical failure of Batman and Robin, ice to meet you, uh, Warner Brothers decided to reboot the franchise and considered a few different directors. As detailed in the book, Tales from Development Hell, before Nolan came on board, Darren Aronofsky was attached to make a Batman movie. Interesting. Um, which already feels like so dark compared to considering like 2004, 2003. This would have been like uh, Requiem for a Dream. Like this is pre The Wrestler, pre Black Swan. So it's like, let's get the All critical very darling. Dark films. Well, absolutely. Very true. But Requiem for a Dream is like <sighs> a class of its own. Um, I think so anyway. Uh, so the the movie fell apart around 2003, and that's when they like then got Christopher Nolan on board. So the screenplay would have strayed considerably from the source material, including making Alfred an African-American mechanic named Big Al, the Batmobile being a souped-up Lincoln town car, and Bruce Wayne being homeless, among other things. Uh, but he did meet Christian Bale briefly for the role of Batman. So like uh, back in the very early stages of them being like, well, where does the Batman franchise go from here? Uh, Christian Bale was in the running as early as that. Describe my face, Jeff. Uh, confused. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Perplexed. Perplexed. <laughs> that you can be like, I'm going to approach the same guy to play a person without a home as a billionaire playboy. Yeah, I have no idea if it's like, Whatever he lost his fortune, or that I he's fell like, on hard times. I, man. I, I need to distance myself from my fortune, which is this kind of what they do in this film, where it's like I'm gonna go live, yeah. you know, in go travel the world and like not trade on my name and, and have no money. Where he just disappeared off the map in this film. Um, a, a little different True, from but the, we but, don't. It's not yeah, the same course, as course, like I lost my home because I burned it down. Spoilers. <laughs> So well, he didn't burn it down. The newspaper just reports <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, drunken yeah, yeah, yeah. billionaire burns down his home, which is yeah, yeah, yeah. a pretty good, a bit of an pretty good laugh line. There's, there's, there's some good humor in this film, which is nice. As, as much as like this film really distanced itself from the comedy shenanigans of Batman Forever, the Joel oy, Schumacher Batman I, Forever oy. and Batman and Robin, um, there's still like enough humor. This isn't a dour, grim film the way that the Zack Snyder ones are with the Batfleck. Um, I, again, I've not has, seen. I know, I know I've not. not seen a frame of it, and I'm thrilled by that. Which one? You should be. Which is Batman Forever, mm-hmm. the one with Jim Carrey and Drew Barrymore? Yes, Drew Barrymore, very small role as a, I forget if she's either sugar or spice. Uh, Baby, I saw that in theaters. To riddle me this, <laughs> riddle me that. That's prime. Who Batman is in the, the like time. skinny, yeah, funny yeah, boy yeah, yeah, yeah. in a unitard? That's Jim with Carrey. that awful red crew cut. Yeah, um, so along with Darren Aronofsky. Lana and Lily Wachowski were approached to direct ah. uh, and wrote their own treatment, but ultimately turned down the offer to make the Matrix sequels instead, which I get. I mean, you know. I get you, it. That was yeah. not, it didn't turn out too well for them. However, I, I mean, get I'm wanting sure, to foster your franchise. Right. Critically, they didn't do great, but they did, they did make a lot of money, those Matrix sequels. Right. And, you know, I, I can't argue with being like, when you've got a pre-existing uh, property of like how many other cooks are in the kitchen being like, well, you can't do that with Batman because this is what, this is what my grandfather wrote in 1938. And it's like, but yeah, but no totally. one cares. It's 2005. Who who cares what? I also get yeah. being like, we created this world. And if we let this opportunity go, does that mean someone else is going to get to swoop in and completely Probably. change everything? Probably. And that is yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I totally yeah, get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, and finally, 
M. Night Shyamalan was at one point considered Whoa. to write and direct, but turned it down. Which, I mean, his, like, big budget stuff is, of course, the the last Airbender movie and, like, After Earth. Once, once you give him too big of a budget, then it starts going off the rails. Um, but, you know, who knows? Who knows what that would have looked like? It, it could have been I'm great. really hopeful yeah. for an eventual... <laughs> follow-up good M. Night Shyamalan movie. He's had... There's this small film he did, The Visit, with... Um, right, I didn't see it, but I, I know, remember... But Broadway's Deanna Dunnigan and uh, Catherine Hahn are in it, oh, who you I love. love Catherine um, Hahn. Which went over really well, and I forget, I think he had something else. He's got some, like, Apple show, which makes sense. Of, like, just, like, go to TV, like... Where you can kind of do your own thing. I actually think he would do great on TV. You would think yeah. that that would work better because a lot of his like weird twisty premises would work totally. great for like a mid-season reveal, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So before shooting began, Christopher Nolan invited the whole movie crew to a private screening of Blade Runner. And after the movie, he said to the whole crew, this is how we're going to make Batman. Because he wanted it to be... I mean, Blade Runner is a sci-fi film, but it's, like, so grounded. It's so dirty. Everything is, like, we're mm. the future, but this is a filthy, gross future, um, which now, living in the future of 2020, you're like, yeah, yeah. that, that tracks. What is this pristine, beautiful future sci-fi world? I can't imagine that will ever come to pass. I will also <laughs> say, as as an actor, mm-hmm. so often, because I've been on production and an actor in a number of different situations. So sometimes on production, I mean, I try not to sit in on production meetings because I'm usually, like... A, a dialect coach, which yeah. means I'm not like, let me present my design. Like, I don't have anything to offer. But you do tend to have more of like a vision of what the whole team is after. When you are an actor, you have so little knowledge of that. So when like someone like on the first day is like, let's share all the design. So we really all understand what we're trying to build. Oh my goodness. It helps so much (laughs) so that like, you're like, we are all after the same thing. And I think that that, you know, my problems with this movie aside, like, mm-hmm. I think that's really clear in this film. Like, I sure. think they're all trying to make the same movie, which is great. Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I, yeah, I think the movie is fine. I think you kind of needed this film as a transitional point between Batman and Robin Batman and, and Robin. then with The Dark Knight, which to me is like really like, I mean, Batman the Animated Series was great in the 90s, but really I don't see anything surpassing The Dark Knight. No, I think The Dark Knight Batman is film. the best Batman movie um, I will ever Batman. Which is very, I mean, one, one day we'll do Dark Knight as well. There's enough to talk about with Dark Knight between the Joker and Two-Face and whatnot. So, the, also, the other big thing about this movie is that, like, 2005, you had the other thing that I can think of that was as big of an inspiration was the Bourne Identity. Like, the Bourne films. In terms of, like, being... I also being, saw that in theaters. Yeah, but in terms of being, like, of how we're shooting our action of, like, kind of, like, mm. a quick-cut, frenetic, this very, like, handheld um like boots on the ground but like this movie also really inspired james bond producers michael g wilson and barbara broccoli to reboot the bond franchise and reinvent the character making him darker and more realistic because the year after this was casino royale interesting yeah yeah, which love I mean, you so I love that. see, you so see that influence. I can add, knowing that makes a lot of sense, right? Through line, which I mean, to take like a, a character like Batman and to make him like to, everything in this film, you're like, well, technically. All of this could happen. Like everything is grounded in the real world. It's fantastical, but it's not fantasy. Exactly. I, I mean, even with his like little <laughs> bat boots where he hits a button on his the, the bottom. He's a button on the bottom of his shoes and then a swarm of bats come. And I'm like, Blood. I feel like you would accidentally hit that button. <laughs> Too often. <laughs> Too often. It would have been funny if instead they were like little bat wheelies that he just like hit this little his shoes and they pulled these wheels out and he can go, woohoo. Um, 
Um, so, spoilers ahead. If you have not seen Batman Begins or haven't seen it in a while, here's Guys, a... you know how Batman begins. You know he begins. But if you haven't seen it in a while, here's a brief-ish synopsis. As a child in Gotham City, Bruce Wayne falls down a dry well and develops a fear of bats after being attacked by a swarm of them. Um, which, which, as you said while we were watching, it could have very easily, if he could have been had some sna- a snake in the well and then gotten a fear of snakes and turned into Snake Man. Yes, it's a real <laughs> Indiana Jones meets baby Jessica yeah. situation. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, while attending the opera with his parents, he becomes frightened by performers masquerading as bats, which is like a real... I think in the comics, it was they were like at a screening of a, a Zorro film. And on the way home from Zorro, they they uh, his parents get killed. So then it's like, oh, he was also seeing this like vigilante Zorro, and that's mm. where he gets the idea. And instead, they're like, let's make it like the the Fleeter Mouse or whatever. Oh, I'm a bat. Opera. Oh, I'm a bat. Exactly. Supernumerary masquerading as a bat. Thomas Wayne, come on, your son just got scared of bats. And you're just like, you're why pr- are you going to take your kid? You he spend... seems like a caring father who would understand PTSD as a doctor. Yeah, he spends 30 seconds being like, making his son laugh and be like, okay, you're fine. Let's go to this opera with all these bats. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so true, though. I was like, this seems I know, I know. extra. Um, outside, mugger Joe Chill. Mur- Joe! Chill. Now that we've said it a number of times, I can't, I can't, I can't. I mean, technically, I mean, his great-grandfather was uh, Joseph uh, Chilosky, and it was a real uh, Ellis Island chop job. So they shortened it to Joe Chill because they're I like, well, we can't, can't pronounce that. make we- my <laughs> eyebrows arch <laughs> no. enough. My name is Joseph Chilosky. I come from Joseph Poland. Joseph uh, um, Joe Chill, yeah. 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 Joe Chill! <laughs> Oh, boy. Sorry, that was a bit loud, listener, but that's how I feel about it. a tad. Outside, a mugger, (laughs) Joe Chill, murders Bruce's parents in front of him, and the orphaned Bruce is raised by the family butler, Alfred Pennyworth. Fourteen years later, Chill is paroled after testifying against mafia boss Carmine Falcone. Bruce intends to murder Chill, but one of Falcone's assassins does so first. Now, uh, uh, quick quick, uh, interjection. Mm -hmm. I will say I have a lot of complicated feelings about this section. And one of the things that I wrote was this guy did act out of desperation and poverty, which I think they like make clear in the film. He doesn't he's not like right. what yeah. I long for is murder. He's like, give me you give, uh, give me the jewelry. Oh pew pew pew. pew you know. I just so think I said, murder is so chill. Murder soups chill. No, I said this guy did yeah. act out of desperation and poverty. He served 14 years. And we're still meant to side with Bruce. I would argue against that, actually, because Bruce's plan is to kill him. And he gets that chance taken away from him for the better. When he tells Rachel that right. he's planning to, she slaps him twice and says, like, yeah, it's this. you're not really mad at him. You're mad at the system that is forcing people like him to exist and then drives him to Carmine Falcone. And that's when then he goes and confronts Tom Wilkinson and then... Gets pissy about it and leaves Gotham and, I, and leaves, I guess leaves right. the states for seven years. Um, it just felt I, like because I he is Batman, sure, it's hard not to identify with everything he does, even when we're like, I don't know, am I supposed to feel good about that? Because he is the titular character, I think we're supposed to side with him. Well, yes, but keep in mind of how how much of his. Uh, vigilantism is also like against the cops because they're all corrupt now except that's... for Gary Oldman. It's like literally it's only Gary Oldman. There's like no other cop that he trusts. Um, so it's like, I don't think it's, he's not, ju- I mean, I get it. He is a grown man in a bat suit beating up mentally <laughs> ill criminals. That is a huge part, defining part of the character. Um, but I do think the film 
I hear you. I hear it's so black and white. I think it does get gray, and it does continue to question him, and of like of why he has his one rule of like I won't murder, I won't, I will not kill, and that's what separates me. And I mean, there's more to it than that. But I'm uh, interested in this exact same movie being conceived of and written in 2020. And like, of course. Well, in 2021, we'll have another Batman movie coming okay. out. You know what? I'm not going to see it. I know. It is from Matt Reeves, who I do like, who did um, Let Me is In. Is it a Batfleck? No, Batfleck is gone. I mean, it's it's Robert Pattinson. Uh, you've what? got I know. You've got... um. I've missed that, so that, much. That, that, uh, you got Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, oh, which no, I'm very excited about. Oh, that is great. And then Jeffrey Wright as James Gordon. Great, great. Um, And then you've got like... You got Paul Dano as the Riddler. You got Colin oh, Farrell Paul as Penguin. Dano's, oh, and oh. Andy Serkis as Alfred Pennyworth. So you got like a large ensemble. You apparently have the movie's got like a lot of Batman's, like a rogues gallery of villains that are all yada, yada, yada. Hmm. Um, but we're not talking about the future we're film not. that Batman. We're not. But who knows what that film will look like? That's we Batman won't know continues. until films eventually come out again. Yeah. Um, Bruce intends to murder Chill, but one of Falcone's assassins does so first. Bruce's childhood friend, Rachel Dawes, berates him for acting outside the justice system, saying that his father would be ashamed. Bruce then spends the next seven years traveling the world, training in combat. In a Bhutan prison, he meets Henry Ducard, who recruits him to the League of Shadows, led by Raz al Ghul. Um, apparently in this sequence, they have like the whole training montage where they're like fighting on that ice Mm -hmm. ice lake um they could hear the ice cracking beneath their feet as they were filming and the next day the ice was completely melted so they could have very easily had a had art a life imitates art or art imitates life of um where christian bale like goes through the ice so like they could have easily that could have happened to both of them frostbite Oy, I, know. Oy, oy. I know, I know, oh I know. Oh my goodness. Um, so funny. After completing his training in ninja methods, <laughs> <laughs> including the, including that little ninja flash mob when <laughs> Ross, I mean, literally, I'm, but like, it's so funny because they're just right off camera, but Christian Bale doesn't look to them. So he's just looking at Liam Neeson and then suddenly like out of nowhere, here is 18 guys in ninja outfits going <laughs> broom and just about to like stomp the yard. Um, but you're like, you would have seen them. We just can't see them because they're out of camera frame, but shiwa, mm. shiwa. Um, so after his uh, training in ninja methods and purging his fears, Bruce learns that the League knows about Gotham and, believing the city is beyond saving, intends to destroy it. I'm like, are there not more important things to deal with than this one random American city, Gotham? But yeah. sure, 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 sure. Bruce rejects the League and its edict that killing is necessary, burning down their temple during his escape. Roz is killed by falling debris while Bruce saves the unconscious Ducard. After returning to Gotham, Bruce befriends Wayne Enterprises' head of the Applied Sciences Department, Lucius Fox, and borrows prototype defense technologies, including a protective bodysuit and a heavily armed vehicle called the Tumbler, as he fashions himself into Bitmean. Intercepting a drug shipment, Batman provides Rachel, now the city's assistant district attorney, with evidence against Falcone and enlists Sergeant James Gordon, one of Gotham's few honest cops, to arrest him. In prison, Falcone meets Dr. Jonathan Crane, a corrupt psychologist whom he has helped smuggle drugs into Gotham. Mm. Donning a scarecrow mask, Crane sprays Falcone with a fear-inducing hallucinogen and has him transferred to Arkham Asylum. While investigating the Scarecrow, Batman is incapacitated by the hallucinogen, but is saved by Alfred and given an antidote developed by Fox. When Rachel accuses Crane of corruption, he reveals that he has introduced his drug into Gotham's water supply. You're welcome. It is a real, like, but why? Why bother? Why bother showing her the plan? Chaos. Chaos. 
badass. He drugs Rachel, but Batman subdues and interrogates Crane, who claims to work for Ra's al Ghul. What? Yeah, we all, what? what? Hey. We all work for Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> <laughs> Batman administers the antidote to Rachel and gives her a vial of it for Gordon and another for mass production. Here's this vial. Just uh, you, you, I know you're the assistant district attorney, but uh, you know, I'm sure you can figure out a way to I mass to produce say, this drug. In the midst, this is we're mm-hmm. recording this in late July 2020. Yeah. In the midst of uh, trying to produce a dang vaccine, that feels like Christopher Nolan failed in his effort not to make a real fantasy element. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know what? I know what you mean. At Bruce's birthday party, Ducard reappears and reveals himself to be the true Ra's al Ghul. <sighs> what a twist. Having stolen a powerful microwave emitter from Wayne Enterprises, he plans to vaporize Gotham's <laughs> water supply, rendering Crane's drug airborne and causing mass hysteria that will destroy the city? Question mark. Your face is doing a great job of selling uh, this. And then he sets Wayne Manor aflame and leaves Bruce to die. But Alfred rescues him, which I love. Like, what's the point of all those push-ups if you can <laughs> You know what, Michael Caine? So right. true. I love it. I love it that Michael Caine is like, oh, well, let me just give this the old heave-ho. Hey, I've got you. Once upon a time, I also did push-ups. I was married to a supermodel. Still am. But that's not important right now. Right now, I'm going to scoop you up, save you little, like a little baby. <laughs> Roz loads the microwave emitter onto Gotham's monorail sorry, system. you just calling him Roz makes me think of Monsters, Inc. I'm sorry. Let me refer to him by his middle name. So, Al loads the microwave emitter onto Gotham's monorail system to release the drug at the city's center or central water source. Batman rescues Rachel from a drugged mob and indirectly reveals his identity to her by just repeating the line she said earlier. Um, whatever it was about, like, a man isn't, like, who he is. It's what he does. Bruce? Bruce, is that yeah? You're saying what I'm saying. It sounds like you actually listen to me, which is all I want in a man. Then Rachel tases Jonathan Crane in the face, um, which is the last we see of him in this film. And it's like now, knowing that he will come back in Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Killian Murphy is Jonathan Crane, of course. Um, It is like so anticlimactic. I think it's one of the things that I was like, I was like, this movie's dumb. Of like, one of your main villains is like, you bring him back because he kind of gets incapacitated like 40 minutes to the end. Like, he, they really don't maximize the fact that they have brilliant actor Killian Murphy I know. as like a brilliant doctor who also is like, I got all these drugs, baby. I mean, it, the movie's two hours and 20 minutes, but it's a little overstuffed. So you don't have enough time for everything, including Killian Murphy. Like, you introduce well, him, Batman knocks him out. They have to go to out. Crime Alley for 30 minutes, you know? <laughs> You need time for all them pearls smelling, pearls. On, smelling on that alley. My mama. You gotta have all those little acrobats dressed as bats tumbling. You gotta, you gotta have like that Cirque du Soleil with these bats ah. flying around. Um, but yeah, she just tases him in the face and then he rides away, which is taser hilarious. Face. Old taser face. Confronting um, Al on the monorail. As Gordon uses the Tumblr's cannons to destroy a section of the track, Batman refuses to kill Al, but chooses not to save him, gliding from the train as it crashes 
killing Al, which is, you we know. We would call that manslaughter. That would be manslaughter. So, uh, <laughs> nice try, bats. Nice try. Although we, we were like, I was like, what was the actual plan? If he didn't destroy the train, like, w- the track, would the train have just crashed? What, what, was it a suicide I had mission? so many questions, many of which were, what was the actual plan? No. All I know is that it was a little overcomplicated when you had fear gas in the water and then a microwave emitter to vaporize <laughs> said water. Look, it was 2005. 2005. Everything had to be super complicated. Um, Bruce gains Rachel's respect and love, but she decides she cannot be with him now, telling him if Gotham should no longer need Batman, they can be together. Batman becomes a public hero. Sergeant Gordon is promoted to lieutenant on his way to commissioner. And the film ends with him showing Batman the bat signal and mentioning a certain criminal who leaves behind Joker playing cards. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're not going to believe this. <laughs> I think uh, Tune in next I week will. For the Joker. Uh, the casting directors of Batman Begins were John Papsadera and Lucinda Saison. Papsadera, a two-time Emmy winner for his work on Lackawanna Blues and Live from Baghdad, has also cast previous episode Enchanted. Hi. And after this film would go on to cast every Christopher Nolan film, including Inception, Dunkirk, and whenever it gets released... Tenet. And Saison started her career casting projects including The Fifth Element and Ever After. And after Batman Begins would go on to cast films including X-Men First Class, Wonder Woman, and Blade Runner 2049. Some huge films. Huge, yeah. huge films. So let's move on to some of the actors who were almost cast. Now, some of these people may have auditioned. Some may have just been discussed by casting. This is all a little subjective. And as always, I have looked up all the actors in advance. And Amy Jo is hearing it for the very first time. I've done nothing but watch the movie and go, this could be better or worse. <laughs> so let's kick things off with Bruce Wayne. Amy Jo, your thoughts on Christian Bale and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Okay, my first thought, and this is the first thing I wrote down about um, Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. He is good, but I don't care. Mm. And he is good, but I also am not like... Thank goodness they cast Bruce Bruce Wayne. Thank goodness they cast Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I really don't. Um, I have also written, this is the action version of Daniel Day-Lewis. Um, well, I, well, I mean, I think we discussed that Christian Christian Bale is kind of the, the blockbuster Danny Day. Yes, that he's, he's they're like, both, I'll go hard. I'm going to gain 100 pounds for this role um, for a popcorn flick. Yes, exactly. Which I respect. Here are other options yeah. I wrote down. No. Michael Keaton, uh, which again I understand is not the timeline we're talking about, but he was my Batman, you know. Uh, sure, sure. Um, I wrote down The Rock, uh, who's maybe not good enough at acting, but uh, he could certainly fill out a bat suit. He can fill out a bat suit, nipples and all. Yeah. Although I'm gonna stop right there. They have talked about Michael Keaton. I, I don't know if this is definitely happening, um, but there was like the early aughts or late '90s animated show Batman Beyond that takes place like mm. far in the future with like a young poor kid mm-hmm. that like stumbles upon the Batcave and then like Bruce Wayne in his like 70s is like okay you'll be the new Batman so they've been talking Michael about Keaton. they've been talking about oh, yeah. trying to make 
a film adaptation of Batman Beyond bringing back Michael Keaton to play Batman, which would be rad. I am excited about that. Oh, yeah. That makes me go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, here is an option. That I, here's the thing. I understand Christian Bale is, like, empirically attractive and also, like, mm-hmm. I can talk like a normal person. <laughs> and I can talk like a Batman. And I can like, talk like I got a sore throat. I got it. <laughs> like, I, I understand that you want someone who looks a particular way. However, however I'm someone who doesn't care. Mm-hmm. So... The person that came up when I was like thinking about it earlier today that I was like, who is good at like playing the playboy and also someone who like has deep emotions that you're like, well, I'm surprised is Jason Doring from I might be saying that wrong from Veronica. Oh, Mars. Jason Doring. Yes. Logan from Veronica Logan Mars. from Veronica. He's yeah. someone who is like, you know, okay, I yeah. play the like rich playboy and also like I have feelings I don't know what to do with. Yeah. I'm confused by them, but I'm going to act deeply. And like that to me, I'm like. Yeah, I like that. And yeah, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I buy that. And also, like, I think he's very attractive, but I, I understand that he's, like, less uh, traditionally attractive than a Christian Bale. But frankly, I'm interested in that. Can we please? Can we please? Right. I mean, we've yet to watch the reboot Hulu uh, season of Veronica Mars, but from the trailer, he, he also is got in Superhero. He took that Captain America serum and has on pack um but you know we'll get into it there were some tv actors considered okay for bruce wayne that like it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility he's a bit Doran younger than christian bale he's he's like it's eight true. years younger than christian bale yeah. but also it's like it's 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 more he's more emblematic mm-hmm. of actors who are very good that i wish would be considered for more superhero movies so we could uh, expand the notion of what yeah. a superhero is great um so uh christian bale was the first actor to meet with christopher nolan about playing Batman. Mm-hmm. Bale said that he became interested in playing Batman after a friend of his loaned him the graphic novel Arkham Asylum in 2000. And after he read it, he told his agent that if anyone was making another Batman movie, he wanted in. Which makes sense then of why when Darren Aronofsky was doing it in the early aughts, uh, that, like, he was like, okay, well, how about, you know, you're, you you're thinking of anyone. No matter what. And especially Darren Aronofsky, it makes sense. Like you want like left field choices. Because Christian Bale, at that point, like he, he wasn't, mainstream in that sense i mean his sure. most mainstream movie was american psycho which is like you want american psycho as batman i do okay um right but i mean it makes sense because he decided early on in the audition process that he didn't want to play batman straight but to play him as a rage filled monster figuring that it might polarize christopher nolan uh but to his delight nolan was thrilled with his off-kilter interpretation which it honestly feels like it could have gone even further i mean you get more oh, into it that- I think that's what I'm responding to is now yeah. going like, yeah, I think we could have gone much further. We understand he's a vigilante and what fuels that is not a reasonable day-to-day human. Right, 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 right. And you get into it a bit more with like the sequels when he's fully, he's totally. more, you know, just screaming. You and Joker are two sides of the same coin. Yep. Oh, wait, Two-Face, flip it, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, but Bale's... <laughs> Active dislike of the uncomfortable Batman outfit helped his performance as the Dark Knight <laughs> as he was perpetually in a foul mood when wearing it. Uh, so some of the crew... Sounds great. <laughs> some of the crew had t-shirts made uh, with his quote about wearing the Batman suit, which was, quote, it's hot, dark, and sweaty, and it gives me a headache. Um, which I just love, just like of how much that they're giving him crap of walking around in these t-shirts. <laughs> um, he <laughs> lost his voice three times during filming because of his like... 
Batman voice he was doing. Look, he didn't take a tip from Andy Serkis and develop like a golem serum. I know. Well, now you got Andy Serkis is going to be playing Alfred. So well, he could give him a tip. Be like, get some give, honey he, and cayenne pepper in that mix. He could give Robert Pattinson the um. Was didn't he call it like golem juice? Yes. It's like yeah, yes. Whatever it was, like ginger, honey, and lemon. It's like all water. the stuff that that like singers right. use. All that I I really do think it's like yeah, honey, ginger, a little cayenne pepper, all those no. things that like make the voice go. Ah, uh, sure. That's not fully like a shot of cortisol. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Great. So let's get into it. So here are the actors that were up for Bruce Wayne. Right off the bat, Heath Ledger was considered. I would be into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. He's good at acting. When you know how incredible he was as the Joker. No, it's not. um... Because he's so good at the Joker. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, the Joker and Batman. Just like Batman takes a few steps to, you know, the other direction and whoopsie tootsie. I played both. Exactly. (laughs) Joker was really Bruce Wayne's twin brother. What? Um, But he had a very busy 2005. Heath Ledger had Casanova, Lords of Dogtown, The Brothers Grimm, and Brokeback Mountain. Oh my goodness. I mean, Brokeback Mountain, he is so, so good in... Which we might do someday on this pod, because there were a lot of people up for that, um, which could be fun. Uh, but let's keep going with uh, John Cusack was no, offered the role. No, no, no! <laughs> Why? I feel like with each episode that passes, every time we get to John Cusack, we're just going to have to move on for quicker and quicker because of how angry it makes you. Look, I didn't used to dislike John Cusack, but then I grew up and understood life. And the more I understand life, the more I'm like, Why? And that's how I feel about John Cusack in this film. Um, David Boreanaz turned I don't it down. even know who that is. <laughs> um, well, he's best known. I mean, he he was Angel on Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel. Right. Bones, forever. And is now on, I think, some SEAL Team show or something. I mean, Bo- Bones. That's what he was doing in 2005. Bones had its first uh, year. And then mm. it ran for like I know that decade. Stephen Fry was on at least one episode of it. That's well, my knowledge of Bones. There you go. He's a tall handsome man um i get it in terms of especially angel of uh him just being like a vampire who's like oh but now i'm gonna do good i'm a vampire of the soul so i'm gonna fight my instincts i'm a vampire bat i'm I'm a vampire bat um i'm a vampire batman i'm a vampire batman (laughs) vampire bat he's a vampire bat he's a bat (laughs) keanu reeves was considered this um, this actually like I didn't put him on my list, but I thought at yeah. one point as I was writing, I like had my pen in hand and was gazing into the middle distance, and I went, "Did they ever offer this to Keanu?" <laughs> um, especially after having just done the Matrix, I was like, "No, yeah. I could see it." I think he was considered for one of the earlier ones as well. I don't remember offhand. I do think I Christian think... Bale is better than Keanu would have been in this role. Oh, of course, of course. I I think the Val Kilmer one. I think Batman Forever Keanu Reeves wow. was considered, yeah. but uh, I don't know offhand. But eventually we'll do that film and we'll get into it then. Um, but yeah, Christian Bale is an incredible actor. I mean, regardless, yes. no, I, I think, think he's, he's, a, he's a, a very uh, an actor yeah. of depth and nuance. And yeah. I think playing the basically it's a dual role, right? You're playing Batman. Mm. Yeah. You're you're playing Bruce Wayne Playboy, and like. Batman and the man behind Batman. So it's yeah, like two different roles. And I think he does such a good job of that. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah. especially in later films, as he does, as there's more opportunity to play like, yes. <laughs> I'm just here with these models. I'm just this drunk. I mean, I do yeah. love that, that speech where it's just like, just go. Just go, you sycophantic friends. It's like so nice yeah. to have you all here to drink my booze. Um, I'm now just being a real get out of here. And I'm I think he does a lovely job in this with fountain that. with these mountain models. And these I think models. Keanu does better when he doesn't have to do that. Right. Keanu is Batman 
I could see. Keanu's Bruce Wayne is where I got the difficulty. Him is just the straightforward, like, I'm Batman. I'm gonna I'm do this. I'm really mad now. I'm gonna just fight these criminals. Wait, no, like, I have great, great. feelings. Keanu is a great straightforward actor, Absolutely. Where it's like, what you see is what you get. It's like, it's all on paper. As we discussed in The Matrix, it's like him just like fully, just, like he can react to things happening. It's great. He's got that head when first, When he's gotta whatever. have the subterfuge, it's like, I don't know about that, dude. Right, 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 right. Uh, David Duchovny was considered. Uh, sure, I, I don't need it. Yeah, he's just never, he never broke into film, rightfully Slash, so. Slash, I feel like he's more, if Marvel had been 10 years earlier, he would have cleaned up doing some wisecracking superhero for them. I don't feel like yeah. Christopher Nolan's yeah. Batman is the Batman that also right. encompasses David Duchovny. I mean, he wasn't, I don't, I, I can't remember that episode a while ago. I don't think he was up for Iron Man, but that's like even that's a bit more, more of a fit of him. Yeah, that cock, totally. cocky playboy opposed to Bruce Wayne, who's just like, I don't even want to do this, but I'll play cocky playboy yeah. just to keep up the image. Whereas Iron Man is like, no, that's, that's all he's both. also. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Absolutely. I can see that a little more. Um, Josh Hartnett was considered. Wow. Which that's uh, a throwback to the 90s if ever I heard one. I know. It's just the studio. You could just see the studio execs being like, what about who's, this guy? who's hot? I mean, it's like Will Ferrell and Zoolander. It's like, oh, he's so, he's so hot. He's right so now. hot right now. Yeah. Um, hot Hartnett was apparently also considered to play Superman in a proposed Batman versus Superman movie that was set for a 2004 release that would have co-starred Colin Farrell as Batman, um, but it fell apart. Which, as I said before, uh, Colin Farrell is going to be in The Batman. Describe this face penguin. I'm making. Um, it kind of actually kind of looks like an actual penguin. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 a uh, pretty distressed. It's a uh, yeah. I feel like a, a very uh, a fish that is about to get speared. That's like oh no. Um, but it's a like a. It's hard to imagine a film worse than the Batman versus Superman that we did get with Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck, which isn't even their fault because they are both a good Superman Skipped and it. Batman, rightfully so. Because Zack Snyder is just Snydering up the joint. Um, it's so long. It's so boring. He he's here. He, he, Zack Snyder has directed a uh, three hundred. Skipped uh, it. Sucker Punch. Skipped it. Man of Steel. Skipped it. Batman vs Superman. Justice Skipped League. It. Skipped uh, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You've not seen the, the Dawn of the Dead remake is the one Skipped decent it. film he's done, and even that is like. Well, great. I have no frame of reference. Let's keep a, going. A, a lot of slow motion. A oh, lot of. Gosh. I mean, Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed and Batman vs Superman takes about three times as long. And this it, it wow. happens very and suddenly. This is one's literally called Batman Begins. Begins. I know, but in like it, it happens very quickly. It's like suddenly it's like. He points the gun at Martha Wayne and Thomas Wayne like is like, whoa, it gets in front and accidentally gets shot. And it's like, oh, and it's like showing she's shot. Zack Snyder, it's all slow motion where it's like, oh, no, the gun is stuck under the pearl necklace. He's trying to pull it away. And the no, gun no. fires. And the pearls are slowly falling apart. Joe Chill. I'm Joe Chill. <laughs> Yeah, in line with like, jo the like, oh, he's so hot right now. Ashton Kutcher, so hot right now, yeah. uh, was one of the studio executives' top choice, and Nolan vetoed it. He was like, no, absolutely not. This he's, is not my vibe. No, bro. He, he's finishing up that '70s show. It's uh -uh. like you want Kelso as Batman. Come on, get out of here. Um, and Guy Pierce was turned down, which mm. makes sense to be like, I mean, he uh, is uh, that a, makes a lot more sense than some of the others. Absolutely. Guy Pierce, a phenomenal actor. I mean, between L.A. Confidential, Memento and Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, Come the on. range on that guy is bananas. Yeah. But, um, Guy Pierce is great. And he, I think, I think he, also I think he'd be very good. Yeah. Um, 
Stephen Pasquale was considered. What? No, well, my Broadway baby. Well, that's what I was thinking is like, I know him as the big Broadway guy, but he, I didn't realize this. He was on the Dennis Leary show, Rescue Me, the firefighter show. Wow. So he was, in 2005, he was right in the middle of his 93 episode Shut run. Yeah. Up. So it's easy to be like, oh, this guy is not, you know, a mainstream guy. And then you're, if you don't watch the show they're on, but you're like, oh, a lot of people know him from like, oh yeah, rescue me. And here I was excited uh. for Stephen Pasquale <laughs> being like, you are on Ryan Murphy's OJ crime story. Oh yes. As awesome. the like corrupt cop. Um, yes, Furman. Mark, Mark Yes, Furman. Mark Furman. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, good job, Stephen Pasquale. Like, good yeah. for you. Yeah. You and your big baritone voice and your pectorals are getting seen <laughs> on television, not knowing he was on a whole fireman show. Right. Yeah. Um, that's, I mean, good for him. I can see it, but yeah. I can also see where they were like, no, we want to go with someone, someone who has you know, played yeah. American Psycho. Right. They're here. There's the list of like very pretty men yeah. of like Josh Hartnett and yeah. Ashton Kutcher that you're just like, uh, they're yeah. so hot right Steve now. Pasquale is beautiful. Oh, but you, you know who was so hot Tell in 2005? That sexy Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding? No, because when Aaron, when Darren Aronofsky How, was involved. Oh, wait, what? No. Clint Eastwood? <laughs> well, okay. So when Darren Aronofsky was involved, what he first wanted to do with the character, he wanted to do an adaptation of the of the Dark Knight Returns comic. Okay, well that's very which is different. a much older Bruce Wayne who gets I'm brought 60. back into I'm being 60. Batman. I'm fifty. Um, I so, can bat and right, I can right, kick. Right, right. Um, but even in that version, I don't want to see Clint Eastwood as an no. old Batman. Clint Eastwood is good at many things, <laughs> and this is not one of them. No. I mean, doing that today, which you could do either Dark Knight Returns or Batman Beyond. Either way, you get an old Bruce Wayne. Just have Michael Keaton. Or like, I don't know, like uh, Brian Cranston. I could see Brian Cranston yes! as old Bruce Wayne. I mean, I could also see Brian Cranston as a great Jim Gordon. Um, Brian Cranston can do anything he wants, you know? <laughs> and Brian Cranston as Rachel Dawes. <laughs> um, but so, once Aronofsky was like, okay, we're not going to do the Dark Knight Returns. We're now doing kind of... Loosely inspired by this other comic, Batman Year One, which mm. is Batman, like Bruce Wayne first becoming Batman, where he's like kind of like starts. You might say Batman Begins. You might say Batman Begins, but it starts with him being like uh, dressed, dressed like an old timey criminal. It's just him in all black with just like the ski mask as Bruce I was Wayne has. Picturing like in the one black scene. and white stripes and a bag that oh, says yeah. swag on oh, it. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's Batman as the Hamburglar. Um, <laughs> We got to take down the mayor of Gotham is corrupt. That's right. Mayor McCheese. We got to take him down. <laughs> oh, and here's the Joker, Ronald McDonald. Um, it all tracks. <gasps> oh, it works. It works. I, I smell a franchise. Grimace as And by that, crack. I mean a lot of burgers across America. <laughs> oh, I smell. I just smell those fries. Yum, yum. <laughs> I smell McNuggets. <laughs> um, and Batman Year One is also, Gordon is a huge part of it in, in terms of being an early ally for Batman and being young in his career. I think he's like the protagonist of the comic. Yeah. Um, so once Aronofsky was like, oh, that is what it, this is more of. Batman Year One, he wanted Joaquin Phoenix. Fascinating. Which I, I mean, look, 2005 as, Joaquin, I'm yeah. into it. I mean, same as Nolan of like, give me Christian Bale. Give me like someone who's like a weirder, yes. very da- serious actor guy. Not yeah. a TV. I totally not get a, it. Not a sexy TV star. But a sexy weirdo. Sexy weird, yeah, yeah. And look, a person like me is like, I'm into sexy weirdos. <laughs> I'll pay money at the box office. Yeah, married one. 
<laughs> Mercifully, no? you are not Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, oh, tell me about it. But in 2005, Joaquin was doing Walk the Line, which, you know, one of the best things he's done. I never saw it, but didn't he get some award noms? Ooh, he got an Oscar nom for it for playing Johnny Cash. Okay. But he's he's real good. He's a real good Johnny Cash. Wow, interesting. Yeah. Um, but that was who Aronofsky wanted. Once they're like, oh, we're doing Young Batman. Okay. I would love Joaquin Phoenix. And the studio execs were like, we hear you. We get where you're coming from, but what about Freddie Prince Jr.? Oh, no. And that's when Aronofsky was like, oh, okay, this is this film isn't going to happen. Hollywood we're, we're... is so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, we hear you. Oh, I totally get it. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. oh well, I about... know. The okay. star of She's All That. I know, I know. Well, in 2005, he was the star of the short-lived show, Freddie. <laughs> Again, I'm so glad there's so many oh, things I didn't man. waste my time with in my life, and that's... One of them. I thought you were going to say you're so glad that podcasting isn't a visual medium so that they couldn't see the truly, truly like, though, if everyone, look, horrified I have, faces that you I have not been known to have subtle facial expressions, and this uh, whole situation <laughs> is no exception. I've been making a lot of faces. Truly, Dead Carp is one of them. <laughs> this carp. one was, all, this one was, I don't know, taut and that, upset. That is a real, real z-tier batman villain it's, it's like robin's being like oh no batman look out it's dead carp and it's just a, it's me. a literal guy dressed like a fish laying on the ground that only sadly flops around um careful he's flopping away holy flopper batman. maybe we'll include a picture of my dead carp face on the instagram uh as like a bonus swipe for this up because it's uh it's uh yeah. impressive yeah little bonus little bonus so only a few days before the role of Batman was cast, eight actors were asked to audition, including Christian Bale. These were the other seven. So this is what it came down. Oh, this is what it came down to. Okay. Billy Crudup. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah. And it's similar to me for like He's a Christian very Bale. Good. He's very good at acting. Walking Phoenix. You got a weirder like He's indie short, scene. short, so it works well on the cinema. Yeah. Uh, Hugh Dancy. Was but also very short and good at acting. Who, who, I like Billy Crudup better. Yeah. A lot of people might know Hugh Dancy as Will from Hannibal. Um, it's kind of like the big, big thing he's done stateside. Um, very handsome gentleman. Speaking of t- uh, TV actors, as I mentioned, uh, Joshua Jackson was considered. Oh my gosh. He, oh, earlier today, I was talking to you about like looking up actors who were the same age as Katie Holmes. And I was like, yes. can you believe that Katie Holmes and Matthew Morrison and Bill Hader are all the same age? <laughs> uh-huh. And there was one more I couldn't remember and it was That's Joshua Jackson. Well, I mean, I mean, Joshua Jackson and Katie Holmes were, of course, on Dawson's Creek together. Well, you say, of course, but I never watched a single app. Well, sure. But that's where they both came from. So that sure. ended in 2003. So they were still, like, pretty hot Fresh off, off the creek. They were fresh off the creek. They were fresh catch. <laughs> the boat sank. We're just fresh off the creek. We're going to go Yeah. I mean, Joshua Jackson, it's like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? He but... had a Batman performance hiding no, within. But, but I think if he did, we would have seen something subsequently maybe. that would have led us to that conclusion. Maybe. Maybe. Um, Henry Cavill was considered, who okay. would go on to play Superman. Fine. And Man of Steel. He's only 22. Weren't we at all this time? Once. Sure. But it's still like, that's so young to be front loading. When he had like, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. We'll get into it. There, also, Christian Bale was a bit older at this point. So it feels like he's had time to like yeah. stew in resentment and become vengeful. <laughs> I mean, yes, Christian Bale was 30 at the time of filming this, but he was also a child star in Empire of the Sun and he's in the Kenneth Branagh Henry Five. Baby. So he's like, he'd been around forever. Yeah. So it, even though it feels like, I was surprised Billy, he was only 30 when he did this, which means that he was, you know, 25 when filming American Psycho, which is 
also bananas because he just he's always he's always like looked like after like a year after Newsies, he suddenly looked like a man. He looked like a big old man. I could um, be anywhere from twenty to thirty-seven, exactly. and you never know. Opposed to like boyish Joshua Jackson, who still looks like yes younger. I think that that's part today of it too. Yeah. than. But that's why Christian he was Bell on like then. a teen TV show. Well, of course, of and course. why the person who you're gonna have in this movie from that teen TV show is the woman. <laughs> We want her to appear yeah. ageless, and by yeah. ageless we mean seventeen. Oh boy, um, this actor who I do not know at all, uh, Ann Bailey, this British actor. He's he was in Band of Brothers. He was in Almost Famous. He's apparently in Fight Club. Who's he in Almost Famous? Exactly. I have no idea. Cool. I forget. I, I just wrote down some of these films, but he's one of those actors where I've got face blindness just for him, where I already forget what he looks like after just looking well, at this guy. one day I'll look um, it up and I'll be like, oh yeah, almost famous. The one guy in the I'm background sure who was dating the Band-Aid, Faroujia Balk. Exactly. There's one person listening to this that's screaming, you're not even of pronouncing course! his name right. He was the bassist! <laughs> exactly. He probably was the bassist. He probably. <laughs> Won't that beat all when I look it up, I'm like, he's or was the it, bassist. Or was Jason Lee the bassist? Wasn't Jason, I, I can't remember. Billy Crudup is like the lead in Almost Famous. Billy but Crudup then Jason is the lead Lee vocalist and guitarist. He's like the guy that's like, I should be leading the Oh no, or maybe Jason Lee is the singer. And that's why he's so mad at Billy Crudup. Because Billy Crudup is the, like the Sid Zeppelin. Vicious to yeah. his Johnny Rotten in terms of like. Well, that's generous. Sid well, Vicious <laughs> couldn't, was not a musical I, I musician. Mean, I, I just meant in it's terms based of like on Zeppelin. whatever. Yeah, stardom. for sure. Right, right, right. I, don't I haven't seen Almost Famous in many years. But, I haven't seen it in so long. Um, I should re- We watched it all the time in college, so I'm sure actually when I look it up, I'll be like that guy. Oh, it's that guy. Or maybe he'll be the, like the, the drummer. Or he might. <laughs> <laughs> After all this, turns out the drummer. He was the real Ringo along. situation. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, I had many good beats. Uh-huh. Um, we got two more. <laughs> Killian Murphy tried out and failed to win the role, but Christopher Nolan was so impressed with his audition that he went out of his way to persuade Murphy into accepting the role of Scarecrow. And then, I mean, he would then go on, of course, to be in Dark Knight, and Dark Inception. Knight Rises, Inception, and Dunkirk. So he's... Here's the thing. Yeah. Killian Murphy is wonderful. So I am such a fan of him being in anything. Yeah. I do think him being a villain is a better fit. This is coming from someone who plays a lot of villains who's like, I could play heroes. <laughs> but also, he's just so, like, particular. I'm like... Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do anything, and I'm like, what's wh- what evil is he up to? Which is exciting, and yeah. what you want in a villain in a, in a comic book movie. Absolutely, I'm glad that he comes back in Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, even though they're very brief appearances. But just to like bring him back, because as we've established, he just gets tased in the face, and then he disappears from the film, and, and is like never even like. Uh, whatever those beautiful again. cheekbones are discarded without a remark <laughs> well and those eyes apparently chris nolan was like i need to find every excuse possible to get you to take off these glasses to show off those, those eyes because chris, chris eyes. nolan was obsessed with those eyes apparently well yeah because the of guy has got eyes that no. could cut glass <laughs> um oh killian i'm sorry you looked at this window and it shattered sorry um, um, I'm sorry, Mr. Murphy, could you please stop rubbing your eyes on this glass table? Oh, you're you're uh, scratching it up. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to fashion myself some jewelry. <laughs> Killian Murphy, you know you're not Cyclops from, right? But you you are uh, no, destroying I just, I can't, all of our walls with I your can't piercing turn it off. It, it, I, I'm so sorry. It's under my special oh, skills okay. and my it's resume. Right. You should have known. Well, I, I didn't have your resume. I'm just a, I'm just a stagehand here. But uh, Oh, you know, so um, sorry, that, bud. <laughs> Also, I'm Fair Irish. Right. Can you tell? Well, I I, di- I didn't know beforehand, but now that you mentioned it, now I'm I hearing that Irish accent. It. Yeah, it's pretty broad. <laughs> 
And uh, finally, Jake Gyllenhaal was the runner-up to play Batman if Christian Bale couldn't do it. And screenwriter David S. Goyer said Gyllenhaal was his favorite pre-audition choice, but that he was won over by Bale after seeing the screen test. Um, which really hmm. would have made Dark Knight awkward if Jake Gyllenhaal's Batman and his sister Maggie Gyllenhaal <gasps> came on to well, re- replace Rachel. Well, she wouldn't have Rachel. been replaced in, in season Batman season two. Batman season two. Batman begins again. Um, <laughs> Batman he, done begun. Batman done begun. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is very good. Yeah. Christian Bale is more traditionally brooding. Jake Gyllenhaal, having seen Nightcrawler and uh, the Sack Lunch Bunch, in which he plays Mr. Music, <laughs> is more deranged. Yeah, I mean, night, yeah, Nightcrawler especially. I, but I, but it's like of what we knew at this point in 2005. Because totally. When you've totally. got like, when they're early, when they're like entryway into the aughts was Christian Bale and American Psycho and... For Jake Gyllenhaal, Donnie Darko. Totally. Um, so I'm guessing a little younger than Christian Bale since he's playing a high school student a yeah. year, you know, in 2001, I think Donnie Darko was. So he always just seems like he's a little younger, a little boyish. He's got like a bit more of that puppy dog energy. He's got Jake more Gyllenhaal. of a, and, and this is a person who, let me look, I might, believe it or not, have elsewhere on my list, which oh. is kind of crazy. For what? Scarecrow? Uh, yeah. Oh. But this is not, not Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. But this is another person oh. who remi- who is in the Jake Gyllenhaal vein. Uh, it, he's got like a real Wes Bentley kind of broody oh, energy. Yeah, yeah, where yeah, you're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. yeah, okay, I can see you stewing for years over your parents' death. Yeah. But also like now having seen the body of his work subsequently, I'm like... You're a villain, my man. You, uh... West Bentley, you, you mean, or... Either he or Jake, or Gyllenhaal. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. It's like yeah. either one of you would be terrifying in a beautiful way. Right. I mean, Jake Gyllenhaal, I think, is one of those actors that could do both. He can be your hero. Absolutely. Which he's is wonderful. Like, he Because he plays... He's We've the... seen him in Sunday in the Park with George, and that's not a horror <laughs> show. I mean, depends on the production. But sure. the one that we saw on Broadway right. was not. Right. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal is the villain in the latest Spider-Man movie. He's Mysterio, but it's like, I mean, it's not really a twist, but it's presented, he's presented for the first third to be like a hero. He's like, oh, I'm an alien from another planet. I'm Mysterio. And it's like, Spider-Man looks up to him and is like, oh, you're like my new mentor. And then you're like, oh no, you're like a visual effects geek who has created this persona. But he, he, but he plays that turn really well where you're like oh of course you're like handsome bearded Jake Gyllenhaal hero type and then you're like I'm also kind of this nerdy like incel villain J slash K remember when I did Nightcrawler and nearly made Amy Jo I mean, leave the theater in night- fear oh boy you really Truly? you did not know what you were because we oh, listener we did I, we did double feature we saw Theory of Everything oh that's right but then we saw Nightcrawler oh my gosh and it was you me and our friend Evan and I was and then, sitting on the aisle and I about halfway through you had no you did not I, know I did not preface for you I what mean, this like, film look, was look I was I was watching it going I understand I'm enjoying this but I might need to leave so I don't have a heart attack and die here in the theater <laughs> And I was like, just keep sitting here until you can't stand it any longer. Because if I hadn't been in, on the aisle, I probably wouldn't have like been psyching myself out yeah. to like leave. I truly nearly left. Oh. If you've seen Nightcrawler, there's a scene where they go to the house where there's been like a multiple homicide. Mm-hmm. And I, at that point, I was like, I think I got to go. I think what I need to do is leave immediately yeah. and sit outside for the cool like 45 minutes left of this film. And I, I sat through this film and I was glad, but I also had... <laughs> And it was partially because Jake Gyllenhaal is terrifying. He's very scary in that film. And to that I say, good job, sir. If I ever meet him, I will shake his hand and say, good job, sir. I I think he's one of those people that's like, you know, it's like you can do the thing because you're a handsome guy, but you're more interesting as a character actor. It's like you should be allowed to be playing just like weird. He's like... 
even like prisoners. He's like, it's like, he's like the cop that's trying to find these kids, but he plays him like a, re- he's a real weirdo in the film. And it's mm. like, it's more interesting um, to see him in those kind of things. Yeah. Um, and in 2005, not a weirdo, but he also, Heath Ledger, he was in Brokeback Mountain and got, got his first right. and does, as of now, only Oscar nom. Really? So that's a good- I um, thought he was nominated for, Night- was he nominated for Golden Globe? Golden Globe for okay. Nightcrawler. It, 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 but it's, I mean, it's because the film, because, you know, the, the Academy gets a little like, he's a, he's like a weird creeper. This isn't like the kind of, you know, he's Bro, not, he's not like playing a real person. He's not playing with like someone with an, an easily defined mental illness. So uh, we don't like it. We don't like it. We don't like this very uh, abundant type of human that we've created in our American society. So we're choosing not to acknowledge it because he didn't put on a fake nose and an accent. You know what? If you put on that fake nose, you would have gotten the Oscar on Jake. Jake, I'm telling you what you did wrong and I'm sorry, but it's the truth. Yeah, you should have given old Nicole Kidman a call. Man, like, Nicole, can I please borrow your Virginia Wolf nose for Nightcrawler? <laughs> Let's move on to Henry Ducard. Amy Joe, your thoughts on Liam Neeson's and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Thank you for using the Keen Peel pronunciation, <laughs> which as we know is the correct pronunciation of uh, Liam Neeson. It's just so funny. He trained the Batman. Oh, what about so Liam Neeson's though? What about Liam Neeson's um, though? I think he's wonderful. Liam Neeson is wonderful at acting um my other thoughts are all other like fancy actors i have like as a similar kind of like maybe he's good wait oh no he's bad i believed both versions i have Hmm. rafe fines yeah because he's done that for us in multiple movies across many years i mean that's the thing that i'll say with this is that apparently this is uh, the first time Liam Neeson has played a villain. So you're also getting the like, mm. even though it feels obvious that they were trying to be like, but oh, like, he's the guy. But remember when he was Schindler? Opposed and we to, loved him? well, opposed to his Schindler co-star Ray Fiennes. Well, yeah, <laughs> Ray Fiennes, who was like, I'm terrible. But Ray Fiennes is also like, sometimes I have a conscience. Sometimes, you know? but it was also like a lot, you know, Voldemort. I mean, at that, by that point, Ray yeah. Fiennes had played villains. Whereas Liam Neeson, it was kind of a surprise to be like, oh, Liam Neeson's That's your villain. Very true. Oh. That's very true. Another option, and he's a bit older, but I feel like in a version of this 10 years earlier, or quite frankly, even, you know, oh. I would buy it, is Sean Connery. Yeah. Similarly, yeah. someone that it's like, I believe you as someone wise. Right. And also, <gasps> you've turned on me. Very um, Highlander. Oh. Uh, oh of him. Yeah. It's like, I'm, uh, I'm the, tr- I'm, I'm, I'm the guy. It's so good. Oh, well, yeah. Well, he, he's playing a Spaniard in uh, Highlander. Oh, so uh, his Scottish accent was still in full force. <laughs> Scottish accent was unnecessary in the Scottish <laughs> thing. Um, And then the other option I have, which again is someone who we know more for playing villains, but is good at acting. Mm. I was like, you know who I'd love to see in this is Javier Bardem. Oh, that's great. I was like, I would great. buy it as like, Ooh, yeah. you're complicated. Oh, yeah. it's because you're evil. You yeah. know, like I I think he'd be, he's just so good at everything. I just want Javier Bardem to be hired for every movie. Totally. And this, I think, is where he fits in this movie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you get, by having Liam Neeson, it's like, oh, he's the bad guy. I thought it was just this nice guy training Bruce Wayne. Um, but the, the people I would have liked had like had played villains, but it's still like, who cares? Because I'm like, Imagine like Ben Kingsley. Um, the other option that we talked about off mic was like, why didn't they just like m- cut this character and make it Ken Watanabe? That was what I was about to say. I, I will say watching this, especially because it's so long. Mm. I, I want to let me find my note. Um, One of my notes early on, I was like, this is Kill Bill, but uncomfortable. 
Um, insofar as like she like in Kill Bill, Uma goes to Asia and trains with I don't know actual Asian people to learn this craft, whereas he goes to Asia and trains with gotcha. a British gotcha. guy, and that I was like. I mean, okay, why can't he learn from Ken Watanabe, who seems like just ceremonially there? Yeah, because, you know, because Chris Nolan wanted this to be a much more grounded film than all the Joel Schumacher shenanigans. So he didn't want any fantastical element. But then you have Ra's al Ghul, who in the comics is like an immortal because of these Lazarus pits. And he's like, I'm going to mm-hmm. bathe in this green, in this ecto-cooler. This real and now, Spider-Man kind of And now of I live forever. Uh, opposed to this, where it's like, okay, well, what's the other version of that? It's like, oh, exactly. Oh, he'll, he'll just pre- have other people pretend to be Ra's al Ghul. So every time they die, it's like, oh, no, but Ra's al Ghul's back again. But It's, it's me, like the Dread Pirate Roberts. The Dread Pirate Roberts. Um <laughs> Exactly. Wait, Andre the Giant. Ken, Wazana- Ken Watanabe <laughs> dies. And then at the end, in, at Wayne Mansion, um, this woman is like, oh, what? what is your, Bruce, you have to meet this guy. What's his? What's your name? What's your name? And turn, in turns around, Andre the Giant being like, that's where I wear Were you just doing a Glenn Headley at the end of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels reintroducing Steve Martin and Michael Caine? Oh, you gotta meet him. And then all of a sudden he has to do an Australian accent. <laughs> We'll do Dirty Rotten one day. We will. We will. But I like the idea since we got Michael Caine as Alfred. So mm. Michael Michael Caine just trying – like I, I wish we had a montage of Michael Caine trying to teach Bruce Wayne of how to be a millionaire playboy because he doesn't want to do that at all. So he's got to like, oh, I got to play this role. So similar to the montage of teaching Steve Martin how to be a classy, classy billionaire, <laughs> just teaching Christian Bale like how – you know, you've got to oh crook your arm like this, Master Wayne, and hold your cigarette like so. And now this is how you fluff a flower. <laughs> That's how you look and you important. Just poof your booty now. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just like, just have Ken Watanabe. It's like, have Ken Watanabe as yeah. Ra's al Ghul. Don't have Ducard, because who cares? And you could still have him think that he killed Ra's al Ghul, and him just to show up at the end, or like, what, what have you. It's yeah. like, who cares? It, who cares? I who think cares? it fulfills the same function. It takes less time, and yep. it frankly is, like, less racist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So... Nolan said in an interview that uh, Liam Neeson ad-libbed the line after after he like he you know that he's fighting with Christian Bale and like he hits the ice and uh, Christian Bale goes in the water and then it cuts to them at a fire and mm. Christian Bale be like yeah and Liam Neeson was like rub your chest your arms will take care of themselves <laughs> that is no scientific basis apparently <laughs> and Nolan said he imagined Boy Scouts everywhere freezing to death because oh, no. they took the advice literally <laughs> thanks to Neeson's convincing delivery so listen at home if you fall into an ice lake rub your arms and your arms will not take care of themselves i'm sorry that is the most delightful (laughs) trivia i maybe have ever heard because it's also such an example of an actor being like i don't know i'm trying to make it work i feel that way so often in when in in like film if i'm like oh i've got the i've got you know you know you you get like uh whatever to like oh i'm gonna add this line and you're like that was amazing but someone's gotta look that up if it's if it's a line that like check it is a fact exactly if it's a fact like uh, i'm writing a historical musical and so much of it is like this is factual this is nonsense i made up out of my brain but someone's gonna think it's all true and i gotta go like not my fault i'm just liam neeson making up stuff to make this movie better no in the 1800s they used the word douchebag <laughs> um wow, wow i didn't realize the etymology stretched back that far um also i love because we don't really learn or maybe we do and i just didn't care i feel like we didn't actually learn that much about this guy it was just like some really some rich white dude that's just like funding 
this League of Shadows ninja mob. Um, but I just love that his like this one moment like out there at Southern Lake when he's just like, I, I didn't always live in the mountains. I had a wife. And we were like, wait, does that does, Liam Neeson, you, you know, you, you could live in the mountains and still be married, right? And he's like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that you could be married and live in the mountains Wait, with ninjas. No, I'm finding uh, my note that I wrote. I didn't always live in the mountains, but I did have a wife. And she didn't like the mountains. <laughs> is what I editorialized. I have also written, uh, and this is early on with the Liam Neeson, Flowers on the Mountain Hen is Hen very Oberon and Henry, Puck energy. Henry, why must we leave our home in the... Irish countryside to go live in these mountains. You don't understand. I can't lead a league of ninjas in Ireland. Tis impossible. The mountains are mere sloping hills, darling. And she tried to live in the mountains with me. It worked out for a week. But then um, I, I also made her sword fight me over this ice lake. And she, she uh... Was even okay with that. But then when I hit the ice and made her sink into it, that's when she was mad. I, I she think... drew the line as she sank and said, No, Razagul! And even then, she, she said she'd give me a, a, a third chance. But then when I told her, Rub your chest, your arms will take care of themselves. And she, she said, died. Henry. That has no scientific basis. You're trying to you're kill me. You're going to kill a lot of you're boys. Going, you're going to kill me, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, Liam Neeson not the first choice for Henry Ducard. You don't say. No. First choice? Gary Oldman. Fascinating. But when the original Gordon dropped out, Christopher Nolan was like, "Ooh, wait a minute. What if I move Gary Oldman over to play Gordon cuz you know what? We don't ever have Gary Oldman playing like decent non-villains a sweet little mouse a of a sweet man. little mouse he does i assume you're saying that because his mustache like and glasses makes him mouse. look like the little mouse father in gray mouse detective i don't know why you would say that other than the fact that you married me and you know i love that disney film <laughs> he but that's what he looks like he also he looks, looks like he also i mean he also looks exactly like ned flanders he looks like a live action version yeah, of yeah, ned yeah. Flanders. it um, all works for me but no one was which i think was one of the best ideas nolan had in regards to this film was moving gary oldman totally. from ducard which like ah I could see you. It may, you're already like assuming he's a villain. So when he leaves, he's gone from the film for like an hour and a half because this movie's two hours and 20 minutes long. You're waiting for Gary Oldman to come back. And like you're waiting for Liam Neeson to come back. But like, who knows as in what regard? You don't know for sure. You don't know like, oh, as the ultimate criminal mastermind. Um, which now, obviously, but maybe, I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know if like when I, I first saw I this, thought. if it seemed. I don't recall. Oh, yes. But with Gary, Oldman, with Gary Oldman, you're kind of expecting that villain. But then you're like, no, man. Yeah. Um, this option, I kind of like Viggo Mortensen was offered the part. And okay, I, I, I definitely see, see this person like living in the mountains and oh, <laughs> I, I can see no one, but he's Viggo living that Mortensen mountain life, living in the mountain life, living that tent life. And he's just like, Vigo, yes, we, we left a message on your speak like this we, and feel intense. Vigo, we left a message on your answering machine about playing Ducard. Did you, did you get it? No, I, I've been living in the mountains for five years. He's like, um, yeah, okay. Weren't you done filming Lord of the Rings four years ago? I'm always filming Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm always he's still Strider. 
He's still playing Strider to this day. Um, you, you know who definitely would be living in the mountains for years to prepare for this part? Daniel Day-Lewis was also <laughs> approached. I was like, Brian Blessed? But no. Daniel Day-Lewis also but makes But imagining sense. Christian Bale, the blockbuster Daniel Day-Lewis, alongside actual uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah. It's almost a little too weird. It's almost like they, they almost need to be playing like relations oh my gosh but wait hold up can you imagine gangs of new york for christian bale and daniel Lee lewis oh look leo's great leo's but, great but but, but christian, but christian bale, bale would be better amsterdam oh, alongside daniel day double Ooh, double day that'd be so good okay that'd be good i'm be good at casting you're yeah. all welcome for that thank you <laughs> um but of course this would be great he's daniel lewis but it's also like it's weird. That's weird to have, you know, uh, I guess at that point, at that point, he only had one of his three Oscars, um, but it's still weird to Sorry, have. Sorry, my eyes just rolled so far back in my head and nearly swallowed them. <laughs> but it's weird to have Daniel Day, you know, it's like, whatever, you got Meryl yeah, Streep. Yeah, yeah. Meryl Streep is Henry Ducard. You're like, why? Wh- I'm sorry. Out, it does give a certain balance where you're like, wait, I'm waiting for this person to come back. Exactly. As opposed to Liam Neeson, where you're like, yeah, you belong in this movie. Whereas Liam Neeson alongside Michael Caine, yeah, Morgan yeah, yeah, Freeman, yeah, yeah, Gary Oldman, yeah, yeah. like as your ensemble filling out the movie, you, you, you're like, oh, okay, now you're of that. You're very yes. good, but also you've done an ensemble film and you'll right. do another one. Right, because even though Michael Caine had two Oscars at that point, Michael Caine still, also will do any movie offered to him. In, exactly, whereas Daniel Day is like very rarely I a supporting. I do one movie every five years between my cobbling. Yeah, he loves that goblin. But he's also very rarely a supporting actor. Even in Gangs of New York, he's a supporting actor and he was nominated for lead actor. Um, we still know a lot of that movie with that hat. That hat so makes itself known. The hat, the mustache. <laughs> and finally, Guy Pierce also discussed this role with Nolan, but they both agreed he was too young. So I think it was a thing of like maybe yeah. the studio being like, he's not a big enough name for Batman. He's kind of and, in between. Yeah. And Nolan being like, well, maybe we could get him as Ross Al Ghul. And they're like, he just looks too that, young. And honestly, that happens a lot with casting work. And I, age is a big thing. But mm-hmm. but often I will find certainly in, in the theater where I work when it happens is attitudinally, you'll find an actor who lives kind of in between two roles. And they could do either one of them right. really well. But there's so many wonderful actors in the world. You're probably more likely to find an actor who is like, I can hit that bullseye especially on camera where it's really important that you act as little as possible (laughs) so like i i really i that that's now hearing that makes me think that's why guy pierce was probably less considered than christian bale again if they're they're considering non-americans for this part he probably is just as good a shot as christian bale does a a welshman yeah you know um that's that's really really interesting. That gives me a lot of context. Yes, 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 yes. Um, but let's move on as we we're talking about Gary Oldman being the original choice for Ducard. So let's move on to James Gordon. What? Amy Joe, your thoughts on Gary Oldman and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? He's very charming. He's a sweet little mouse. Again, my <laughs> my second choice is the mouse from the Great Mouse Detective, who's a kidnapped father. And you may say that is an animated creature. How can he play it? And I mm. say. Could you open your mind? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't have a lot of other options. My first option is Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, yeah. Who yeah, yeah, I think yeah. would be like really charming. They're like, yeah, you tug on my heartstrings, man. Yeah. I, I get that you're in... like, my family, my city. Yeah. I want it to work out. Yeah. In the Batman world, I would have loved to have seen him play the Penguin. Oh, I, I, I th- yeah. in terms of like of, of Batman characters. Well, because but... also he's such a, a phenomenal actor that he's someone I want to see grandstand in a virtuosic yes. role. However, he's also someone who's so good at everything that he would play of something course. really nuanced and True. subtle, yeah. like like Gordon yeah. in a really beautiful way. I agree. I agree. 
Um, I, I mean, knowing that he's going to be in the new Batman movie, it's like Jeffrey Wright. I'm so excited that oh. he's play Gordon because he's so love Jeffrey I Wright. Love that. And um, you know, I mean, the year after this was Casino Royale, which he's in as Felix Leiter. Yeah. Um, so like he's of a right age to be like, you know, you're not like this guy's too young alongside Christian Bale, which they I don't know how close they are in age, but because Jeffrey Wright's got the receding hairline, you give him the bushy beard or give him that like awesome stash. For Gordon, um, mm-hmm. and I think he'd have been good even in 2005, but it'll be great in 2021. Yeah. My other yeah. thought, and this is not like really a thought, this is more like a general thought than a specific cast this person, is like, could we have a woman as Commissioner Gordon? Ooh, interesting. I would be interested in that. Sure. You know, I mean, yeah. it shifts things, but also, aren't we ready to shift things <laughs> at this point in our yeah, lives? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why so, not? Yeah. Why not? So that's that's all. I didn't have a ton of thoughts, because I you, also think, like, yeah. Gary Oldman is, like, a wonderful choice. And as someone who plays a lot of villains, who also is capable of doing other yeah. things, I really respect the choice to pull someone that's, like... Oh, we wanted you to play someone evil, but actually, we believe you could be a decent yeah. human being. Plays against type, uh, totally, really and I think it works really well. And uh, so yeah. I'm interested to see who else they had up for it, but I think it was a good choice because he's fun in this. But he's he's really good in this. But I think like the Dark Knight. Also, because I've just seen that so many more times. But I oh, think yeah. he oh, yeah. he's given more to do in the Dark Knight, and that's why I think I'm also basing this upon that. Yeah, and I oh, man, I think he's like really the heart of the Dark Knight. Mm. Like he. Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you have any women in particular that you would have liked to have no, seen just, as, uh, not, as Gordon? No, not really. Yeah. I, I mean, just like uh, thinking like there's a lot of women who could do this. Yeah. Why were they you, you not know, You know who I'll say? Just because uh, she was fantastic in the recent Birds of Prey. I'll say uh, Rosie Perez, who who plays oh, like uh, Montoya, right. who plays this like like the one good cop in Birds of Prey, who yeah. has to team up with these other, with Harley Quinn and all these people. Put a woman in a power position, yeah. baby. Absolutely. And I... He's younger than Gary Oldman. He's still, I looked him up. He's like, I think six, maybe seven years older than Christian Bale. It's still like a little close, but um, I, Benicio Del Toro is someone that I, <gasps> I love Benicio. I think would have been real good. Such that an I interesting seen. actor. And yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah Why yeah. not? Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, But so the original Gordon who Nolan wanted was Chris Cooper, but Cooper wanted Ooh. to spend more time with his family and left the project. Which well, is why God no forbid. He's Man. like, you know what I want is not to work <laughs> unbelievable, uh, like 17 hour days and never see my children. Right. Oh, Chris Cooper's great. That that totally makes He's sense. He's fantastic. I think that that's a yeah. great choice for the role. I see why they would have picked him. Yeah. And someone that can be like, I mean, American Beauty is like oh such a like, a He's nightmare. Like, well, and also thinking about like adaptation where it's like, yeah. you're not like a bad guy, but you're not a good, like there's a lot of gray yeah. in all of his performances totally. that I think would lend itself really well to playing this part. Yeah. Even though like it's quote unquote a good guy. Right. You know, it's, it's a, the Nolan adaptation is a gray enough adaptation to where like Absolutely. in 2020 we can map on to like what we think of cops in such a way that it's like, yeah. well, that's complicated. Yeah. You know? Which is great that there, I mean, which is part of like the comic line as well of gordon being like the one good cop in gotham um but it's glad that they embrace that and just being like yeah it's not even that like the rest of the cops are incompetent no they're corrupt they're like "Mm, flipping a bird to the system right so apparently gary moon was the last actor cast which i think it was that he was but i think it was that he was the last actor cast because they moved him over to gordon right um and he agreed to play it's not like gary oldman is like some young upstart they're like well let's (laughs) make this guy this young buck um but but i also what i read was that he agreed to play jim gordon without even reading the script so maybe he was 
Roz or like, I, but you know what? I, I feel like sometimes with big films like this, like you never get the whole totally. script. You're only getting your lines. Well, especially when you are an actor who is offer only. And so you aren't even doing a screen yeah. test for the yeah. thing. So you're not reading the sides. <laughs> this is not a status <laughs> that I have reached in, in my uh, tiny, tiny young life. <laughs> but yeah, apparently Gary Oldman, he, he had to, he was learning his lines on the flight to the first oh location. Um, <laughs> but along with Chris Cooper, there are a few other actors considered for Jim Gordon, including Clint Eastwood, which makes a lot more sense as Jim Gordon than as a Batman. I can't even formulate words <laughs> other than... <laughs> yeah. But it's still hilarious imagining Clint Eastwood like, yeah, it's me, young, up-and-coming Sergeant Gordon. I've got a kid. He's hey, in the fifth grade. <laughs> hey, Batman. I got promoted to lieutenant at the ripe young age of 73. I had my kid with my fourth wife. That's right. Wow, you want me to be the commissioner in the Dark Knight? I'm only 80. <laughs> um, and, oh, oh, that sound means it's time to play a quick round of Two Truths and some. I'm dancing. I'm ready. Listener, she is. She's dancing. And (laughs) let's see if she's ready. I'm going to be wrong, but I'm ready. (laughs) I'm glad that you've got that confidence. The way it works. (laughs) Two of the following actors were up for the role of James Gordon. One was not. And Amy Jo has to guess which is which. Your options are Dennis Quaid, Hmm. Kevin Costner, (sighs) and Kurt Russell. Infuriating. How good I am at making this game. Yes. <laughs> mm, I don't know. Okay, fine. And Angela Lansbury. <laughs> and the Angela! and and the mouse father from Great Mouse Detective. Miss Flangerhanger. Miss Flangerhanger. Vincent Price. Um. Okay. All right. All right. Read them all again so I can process them. Dennis Quaid, Kevin Costner, and Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. Incorrect. Dang it! Dennis Quaid. Incorrect. No! Kevin Costner, as far as I could tell, was not up for James Gordon. Well, they're all mediocre choices for it, so I stand by all of my decisions. Uh, They're all of a similar ilk. That's why I was like, Kevin Costner is like similar. That's similar dad energy of, they got a baseball glove on. They really all felt like the same, like, oh, I'm going into a rock store and I'm going to scoop up a pile of artificial gemstones. And they're all like slightly different, but basically the same. But like me in the fifth grade would be like, they're all so beautiful, but they all look identical, but they have slightly different shapes. These actors are the gemstones? Yes. Okay. I thought you were saying you were, you thought these actors are the type of guys that are going into a store and getting oh, a handful of gemstones. And I'm like, is that like no. a real dad energy thing to do? 100% no. I see. 100%. I see. They are all the same kind of like, I don't know what it is, but it's a fake no. stone that's like kind of like black. And then you turn it around and it's like, no, it's kind of green and pink. And it's like a different color. And you're like, yes, I went into a rock store and I got three of the same, but they all feel special to me. And then like years later, you're like, why did I buy three of the same rock? Oh man, I meant to buy three different rocks. I thought I was buying a Dennis Quaid, a Kevin Costner, and a Kurt Russell. It turns out I bought three Kevin Costners. I like three DC Mac. Yeah. Um, but no, I picked Kevin Costner because he would go on to play Clark Kent's father in Man of Steel. This is great, also because you know I don't know that. I know. Um, 
Well, regardless, Kevin Costner, not up for it. Dennis well, Quaid was, which is fine. Kurt Russell was, which is more interesting to me. Kurt Russell is always a more interesting actor to me than Dennis Quaid. I agree. Um, I mean, he had, like, his action films in, like, the 80s. His, like, Escape from New yeah. York. And, like, he's just, like, a, I don't know, he's just a cooler hey. guy. Although, I guess, on the one hand, you do, you want, like, a little more of a, not, not loser guy like Dennis Quaid, but... I, I see Dennis Quaid. I get why he was considered for like the one good cop in Gotham, but Gary Oldman just a uh, more what interesting Gary Oldman brings choice. is like, you think I'm evil and I'm not, baby. Mm. Which is never even a question in the film. There's never even like a no, moment no, of no, him no, no, no. of like Bruce Wayne being like, can I trust this guy? Because he is Gary, played by Gary Oldman. It is thinking about what is the audience bringing to the relationship with this actor. And that yeah. is... Smirch. Definitely, yeah. Which I mean, is it's is smart to play against types with Gary Oldman yeah. and with Liam Neeson. Although I think I think, it, I think it works much better with Gary Oldman than with Liam Neeson. Well, Liam Neeson is like still, you know, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But let's move on to Alfred Pennyworth. Oh, let's. I meet Joe. Your thoughts on Michael Caine and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else? Here's the deal. I love Michael Caine so much that what I wrote next to his name at the thought of someone else playing this was no. In all yeah. caps with multiple exclamation points, and then only, only kind. I'm However, kind. I do have other options that I would accept. Sure, but let me be clear: <laughs> I want only kind. Only kind. I have Helen Mirren, who, yeah. if we've seen Gosford Park, we sure. know plays. Yeah. Like a servant role in a way that yeah. you're like, yeah, spine yeah, of you're steel. Helen Mirren, Judy Dench. You're getting it I have Judy Dench on I here. Mean, come on. And then because I love him so much, mm -hmm. Richard E. Grant. Oh, sure. I See, think he'd be so charming. He'd be very different. He'd be much saucier, I, Alfred. This is true. I thought you were going to say, in terms of love so much, I thought you were going to give us a little Poirot himself, David Suchet. Oh, the Souch. I do love David Suchet. Now that you've said that, I'm ashamed I've not mentioned him at all in this podcast because I not, love David I mean, Suchet. not as big of an actor. He he kind of had like a little run in the 90s of like, of uh, He's, a perfect murder and passenger 57. I have seen him on the stage, not the American stage, listener. I've seen him on the British stage multiple times and he is known for playing Poirot in, get this, every single Poirot story and novel there is. He has done an adaptation of every oh, I see single mean. one. Well, because he, like... Sorry, the way you phrased that made it sound like every adaptation they've ever done of Poirot, oh, gosh, he starred. No. And I'm like, I You're believe like, what about Albert, Albert Finney, Finney and Kenneth Peter Branagh. And, oh, Ken Branagh. <sighs> I mean, Death of the Nile is in the can and coming to a theater near you. Just uh, Kenneth somewhere. Branagh, who I love, even though he cheated on Emma Thompson, who is my favorite. Uh, she, she's better off but um but like he's so what's he doing what's he doing anyway no no he has not played uh, Poirot every time it has occurred however they have done but in the BBC over the course of like 20 years every single short story and novel Poirot he's done an adaptation of them all every single one and that is there's a lot Banana. A lot of those Agatha Christie Poirot stories. But uh, okay, yeah. no, I'll have to think about David Suchet. <laughs> I'm not opposed to it. He's a little more sardonic than I would think of for this. But again, so is Michael. Well, you Kine. need. I mean, you need that person who's like, what's the point of all those push-ups if you can't even lift I this know, but Michael Caine also is someone who like comes from a legitimate Cockney background. Hmm. So Michael Caine is someone who came from a yeah. lower 
working class background who learned to speak RP and then eventually was like, screw this. I'm going to talk how I talk. And, but it it was a journey of many years that you can see starting with like get Carter and sleuth that then goes through Ebenezer Scrooge. And now he's like, now I'll play Alfred and do the cider house rules like myself. So that's a good time to say that Kane based Alfred's voice on a, colonel he knew when he was in the army as an 18 year old uh which he based because of alfred's sense of duty and loyalty towards bruce wayne reminded kane of military comradeship come camaraderie camaraderie camaradeship um comradeship comradeship um and that was a part of alfred's character in the comics that he was former former military former Mm -hmm. british intelligence Mm -hmm. um which would come up sometimes um i think they're trying to do like some maybe it's probably it's probably the dc streaming is trying to do like an alfred an alfred begins that's just there's no batman it's literally just him being like a, a, a so it's just like an old-timey james bond of him doing secret service adventures Look, in the I'm 1930s not mad about I know, it but it's, it's the like right actors yeah i don't even remember who the actor is it's like some nobodies i feel like i was like none of this is like who who wanted this i people were making jokes about like <laughs> and now it's the Batmobile begins. So what was the what was the car doing before it got turned into the Batmobile? I was just a bunch of axles and rubber. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean clearly, you know, this worked out well for Kane because he would then and and Nolan because he would go on to do the Prestige, Inception, Interstellar. He's an uncredited voice in Dunkirk, and he's going to be in Tenet along with the remaining Batman films. So he's. Also, in once Nolan got and Batman Begins, he was like, you're going to be in every single movie I do from here on but out. But Michael Caine also is someone who's so good and so well-known that oh, I feel course. like it's like any director would be like, <gasps> lucky to be like, you like working with me? Would totally. you do every movie? Sure. Um, this, this is the other trivia that I loved about Michael Caine. Was, uh, Christian Bale revealed in an interview that the first scene he shot with Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman was when he wakes up in bed. After being like gassed, and he finds him there, mm-hmm. and uh, they've like rejuvenated him, and uh, he he accidentally fell asleep while they were getting ready for the scene. So Bale <laughs> described waking up to find Sir Michael Caine poking him in the rib, saying, "Look at that, he's bloody fallen asleep." Um, which <laughs> what a way to be woken up is to have two-time Academy Award winner Michael Caine jabbing you in the ribs, being like, "Oi, there goes Mister Sleepy, there goes, there goes Christian Bale." <laughs> Um, so we only got one actor who was the other actor was up for this, which was Anthony Hopkins, who turned it down. Totally. Yeah. Which also I, a wonderful actor. He sure is. But I'm thrilled it's Michael. Yeah. He, he Michael Caine has a bit more of that light touch. Totally. To him. Um, it's a little like Anthony Hopkins is a bit more serious. Well, it's also much more like clearly they were like, remember Remains of the Day? What if we got Anthony Hopkins to be like... Sure reprising that as opposed to Michael Caine when it's like he's played everything yeah why don't we just get him to do this yeah but just picturing of like I don't know Michael Caine when he's with like the young Bruce Wayne he's like why do we fall Master Wayne and you're like oh when you're like now you're the father figure that you're just like (laughs) yeah whereas Anthony Hopkins he's just a little he's uh, Anthony Hopkins as Ducard in the Liam Neeson roles like whatever I mean he's a little old for it I see better yeah yeah clearly yeah let's move on to Lucius Fox Amy Jo your thoughts on Morgan Freeman and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else the first thing I have written under Lucius Fox is just, I love you with the love being a heart and the you being the letter U. It's Morgan, Morgan Freeman, Freeman, will you be my Valentine? Will you be my Valentine? <laughs> You're the best. It's so hard to be like, let's replace I know. Morgan of course. Freeman. He's so, so good. I 
so fun. It's a small little role. It's a small role, but, but he, he makes the most of it. He's so charming. And he's so, he just brings such depth to it. You're like, yeah, this guy knows totally. everything he's talking about. And like, that's also, that's also such a great example of an actor who an audience has a relationship with yeah. bringing that with it and being like, yeah, we trust you. We like you. We dig you. Go forward. Absolutely. As like, you might not be familiar with Christian Bale's work, but here we're going to give you Michael Caine, Morgan Freeman, Gary Oldman, Liam Neeson, all exactly. these actors that you've been seeing for years. Yeah. I also love that moment with Morgan Freeman when he's like, it, it, he's just like, you know, it's like, I, I'm not, I'm no idiot. It's like, look, here's the deal. I'm not going to ask what you're doing with this equipment. So that way, if the police ask me, I'm not lying. But right. also like, don't, I know. don't think I don't know that you're doing something with this. Which will be like an alternate version of this. Some billionaire comes in and is like, I want all this equipment and is then committing murders with them. And now yeah. Morgan Freeman is like, eh. Um, so on that note, I have other thoughts, a few of which were me just looking for like, what are black men of a certain age who also bring a certain amount of like authority, mm -hmm. even if they don't bring the audience that Morgan Freeman brings, sure. you know, people who bring the performance authority. So my first mm -hmm. thought was obviously James Earl Jones. He's sure. very similar in yeah. age, who is just like, Morgan Freeman has a different kind of twinkle mm -hmm. in the eye. I feel like they both are people who have like a sparkle in the eye, both yeah. of them, but it, it manifests differently, which is like, I think Morgan Freeman is a better fit for this. But James Earl Jones obviously is an incredible actor and be wonderful. You know, give me James Earl Jones as Ducard. Give me James Earl Jones leading the Come League on! of Shadows. Yes, well, I would buy that. Then I also thought, um, and these are two more theater guys who also have, have, mm -hmm. have done a fair amount on camera, but Ben Vereen, oh, who yeah. is a little bit younger than Morgan Freeman, but not by like a ton. Um, and then Andre DeShields. Sure. Who, yeah. Andre DeShields, one thing that I think he does so brilliantly is he just like walks into any room and conveys like confidence, yeah. authority, and calm, which is, I think, what you need with this role. If someone's like, I got this. 100% We're agree. gonna make it work. Then a totally different thought I had uh -huh. uh, was Whoopi Goldberg, who I was like, <laughs> I, I would love, love to see Whoopi Goldberg being like, yeah, I am a tech expert. You in danger, Batman. You in danger, Batman, and I'm gonna fix that and then just don't tell me. I don't need to know. Like, it would be a different take on it, but I think she'd be so charming and funny sure. and she, like Morgan Freeman, mm -hmm. brings a lot of history that would be like, I immediately trust you, I like you, totally. I know that you are working yeah. for, like, the right dude, yeah. you know? That's great. I love that. I love that. When you were mentioning theater actors, I thought that you were gonna say, but you did not, uh, I thought you were gonna say Stephen McKinley Henderson, who I thought also <gasps> wow. would have been great. Oh my gosh, um, Who she's people great. will know from uh, the movie Offenses and like Newsroom, wonderful, wonderful character actor. Also someone, someone with that twinkle in the eye that's just like, he's like he doesn't kind of totally. do any action scenes. He's mainly sitting most of the movies, like, <laughs> um, but just being like, like, yeah, it's just like, oh, the Tumblr? Like, oh, that, you wouldn't want anything to do with that. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a great option. Yeah. Now, there's one person who was supposedly considered Lawrence Fishburne. Sure. I, uh, after having just like done, examined done him the on Matrix, the Matrix, yeah, I'm yeah. like, yeah, he's great. But I think you do get something out of him being a bit older. I 100% agree. We, 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 there's a difference in someone that at that point would have been in their early 40s compared to like what? Mid 60s? Totally. Of being like, oh, you've been buried down in this department where it's just you. And like, there's no one here. Your department doesn't do anything. You're pretty much like, whatever. Uh, you're you're in detention 
down here. Yeah. And that, that's a lot. You're, you're like, you get, you're like, oh, you want to come down and play in here? Okay. I get to actually do something? There's also a fun alliance that happens with Lucius and Alfred, I feel like. Oh, that sure. is partially because they're these much older men yeah. dealing with this young guy. And, you know, Morgan Freeman and Michael Caine are much closer in age True. than Lawrence Fishburne and Michael Absolutely. Caine. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I've also seen that David, David S. Goyer, the writer, said that Lawrence Fishburne was not up for the role, that the part was written specifically for Morgan Freeman. So I've heard it both ways. I believe there's probably also people who are like, let's make a bunch of lists. This is the top of the list, but let's put Lawrence Fishburne on the list in case Morgan Freeman says no. I mean, that makes sense. But that was definitely public knowledge, even way back then. Because I remember, now's my time to share, that when I was in the movies, in going to see the movies in 2004 with my folks, no idea what I was seeing, but they were doing some kind of like quiz before the show so they're asking like there's an upcoming movie that at that are you point, talking about like when you go in and you got your popcorn and it's like stuff popping up no, on the screen no 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 we are sitting sitting there waiting for the trailers to start and some dumb dumb that works at the movie theater is like oh. coming by being like hey everyone all right real quick let I me get your glad attention I clarified. we okay. are gonna do this q a and you can win like free tickets to another movie Ooh. yada 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 where Jeff's the, dream. I, well, tell me about it, kid. Uh, where the trivia was of like this upcoming film with Lawrence Fishburne and Clint Eastwood at the time. Because at the time, Lawrence Fishburne was like, I, I get, if not announced, was like expected to be playing Lucius Fox and Clint Eastwood <gasps> as James Gordon. And I was like, hand raised, shot up. And I was like, Batman Intimidation Game, which was at the time people thought was the working title intimidation game and mm. then it became more known that that was the fake title so that people like when filming people wouldn't right. be like totally. it's like you know it's one it, oh you're making a movie called intimidation game cool oh you're making a batman movie batman begins let's uh let's trample over your set and yeah. delay time for you um but and i remember this guy being like wow he knew the subtitle too he's got it that's it batman because they were just like it's the new batman movie um but because yeah i remember that it was definitely at that point was like public knowledge enough for to be doing a stupid uh, hazlitt new jersey movie theater trivia of uh what's the upcoming movie with Lawrence fishburne and clay eastwood me (laughs) but also it fits with the biography i know of you you nerd that i love exactly um but let's keep it going with rachel dog Rachel, uh, I mean Joe. Your thoughts on Katie Holmes and who would you cast? You had to cast someone else. My thoughts are it's Katie Holmes. Yeah, she could be worse, but it's Katie Holmes. It could be worse. It could be so much better. So many other people. My initial thought was like, why not just hire Maggie Gyllenhaal from the jump? Yeah. Who you I know? think is great in Dark Knight. She's wonderful. She's so good in Dark Knight. I said, why not Carrie Mulligan? You know, who's also yeah. great. Why not? Pretty young even, at that point. Uh, and much older than Carrie Mulligan at this point, Laura Dern. <sighs> then thinking, I, I, looked Dern. At, I looked up other people who were the same age as Katie Holmes and two other, the two people that mm-hmm. jumped out at me that were mm-hmm. in the same year that I was like, either one of these would have been wonderful. So, so is Rachel Matthew Morrison or Bill Hader, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, can you imagine Bill Hader? <laughs> I love Bill Hader. Um, uh, but no, it wasn't Matthew Morrison or Bill Hader, which I know is shocking <laughs> to the listener. But they were Rachel McAdams, who yes. is a wonderful actor, mm-hmm. and Zoe Saldana, who was yeah. not like famous at the time, but I think is like a, yeah. a much You know, Zoe choice. Saldana 
is in that first Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Very small role, but she's in that. Like, she's in things oh enough. Gosh. See, Who cares? She, Put her in and, stuff. and she's really good. She I mean, you, like, people are putting her in stuff now, but I mean, now, at that time. But in 2005, yeah. we had Katie Holmes. I know. We had Tom Cruise jumping on a couch about this movie. Oh, boy. And I have to say, well, I'm jumping yeah. on a couch, but for different reasons. <laughs> right. Out of anger. Um, taking it out on the couch. Um, yeah, because that's the thing. This character, Rachel, doesn't exist in the comics. This character was oh. written for the film, but for that reason, Already, it's like who cares? Have a have a have a black Al- Alfred. Have a have a black Batman. Who cares? who cares? But especially if there's no basis for the role. Why is she a white brunette? A boring white brunette. When you could have had, yeah, absolutely, Zoe Saldana, Rosario Dawson. I think yes. would have been great. Um, also Paula Patton, probably best known for the fourth Mission Impossible movie and Precious. Mm. Um, also like. Such warmth, like such you it, because apparently the role is written expressly for Katie Holmes, who is cast for her girl next door quality. Um, and Paula Patton and Rosario Dawson both have that like girl next door quality in they have that in spades. So though the role was written expressly for Katie Holmes, uh, there were backup considerations, including a ding 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 rachel mcadams was considered oh my gosh i love when i'm right yeah because i think the notebook was the year before so she was definitely mm. very hot from that and she's was like let's put her acting. in everything she's so good at acting uh and i buy you know you could have the quote-unquote girl next door quality of like the childhood friend growing up next door yeah. who's now assistant district attorney yeah that katie holmes i buy which i get from coming off dawson's creek we were like oh yeah this is my childhood friend that lives next door to this bruce wayne to wayne mansion question mark um of, well, how are they friends what 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 was next door the gardener's <laughs> hut exactly oh she just lived in the gardener's hut my, my family my parents are the gardeners um we would come in and steal that condensed milk that random moment where it's like she's in the kitchen he comes in like after not having seen her in seven years or whatever and it's just like alfred still keeps the condensed milk on the top shelf so we can't reach it and it's like what weird kids were you that you were just stealing to and chugging that condensed, condensed milk? milk it's like oh you, you know there kids I, I made these fresh baked cookies you don't have to be chugging condensed milk yes i do alfred it's delicious <laughs> weird 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 little kids apparently um but yes rachel mcadams is up for it and i so i so see her as the assistant district attorney that's where like katie yes. holmes for me fails totally. where it's like you you're like, how did this person become assistant district attorney? And here's the deal. I know people who look like yeah. Katie Holmes who have yeah. the intelligence and, and the gravitas to do that yeah. job. But Katie Holmes does not convey that in her no. performance. No, You know who would have? Claire Danes was up yeah. for it. That totally. I absolutely say. I buy that. I could so buy that. A little less so Sarah Michelle Gellar, who yeah. she comes up occasionally on this podcast. She never really found her footing in the world of film. Like, she had her a couple films in the late 90s, like, Cruel Intentions and whatnot, but she never really was able... Hollywood... Yeah. Those Scooby-Doo movies. Well, I mean, speaking speaking of, I mean, there you go. If you had hers, Rachel, there's your her husband, Freddie Prince Jr. as Batman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that she's someone, too, who, like, it's not that she's not super skilled. It's that her skill set is very... Specific. Slender. Or slender, Which yeah. is not to say yeah. that it's it's bad. Yeah. Uh, it's just that it's like she does this particular yeah. thing really well. Yeah. And that I'm not going to buy her as a district attorney. Yeah. I will say what Katie Holmes has going for her is brown hair, which we all know <laughs> means someone is very smart indeed. That's actually very fitting. Uh, the other next person was Reese Witherspoon, who was up for it, who mm. was too busy winning her Oscar for dyeing her hair brown for 
walk the line wow. as June Carter, as June Carter Cash. Um, but that's why she won the Oscars because she, she dyed her hair brown so we could she take her seriously. She didn't have to do the seriously. Nicole Kidman false nose situation, but she didn't have to dye her <laughs> hair brown. That said, I could see Reese with a spoon. I mean, she's a fantastic actor. She's given so many fantastic performances. I sure. always enjoy seeing her more than I would enjoy seeing Katie, Katie Holmes, Holmes in something. Um, but I of these so far, I, I think Claire Danes or Rachel McAdams. I mean, Rachel McAdams Rachel is Rachel McAdams great. is my yeah. favorite choice of but these so far. there's one final person. Amy Adams, who served as the reader oh my gosh. for the actors She's auditioning so good. for Batman as a favor to the casting director. And assuming that casting director that they're referring to is Pop Sedera, he would, of course, return that favor by then casting her in Enchanted a few years later, which Look, is amazing. Being a reader can work out great. I know. Because at this time, like... 2005 was the year of Junebug, which got her that first yeah. Oscar nomination. Because she really wasn't known, even though she she was in Catch Me If You Can, and she had a big role in Catch Me If You Can, but for whatever reason, that didn't, like, immediately launch, launch her. her. Yeah, because in 2005, she had a three-episode stint in the first season of The Office. Um, as a few Purse other, Girl? Yeah, as Purse Girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's literally Hot Girl. It's, like, it's oh. like the, the episode title, as she's referred to, as, as Pam 2.0. Um, and, like, a few other things. And, and Junebug, which was the big thing, even though no one saw that movie because it got her an Oscar nom. Um, but I just love that it's the same cast and director as an Enchanted, but which is, like... Amy Adams is a blonde that I buy as a smart blonde, you know, as someone who, like, people... I guess I'm used to her as a redhead in almost she everything. She is a ginger, a blonde ginger. She's a strawberry okay. blonde, so I think she yeah. falls under the blonde umbrella. But because she is, she has such depth and she plays yeah. with that intelligence, yeah. as opposed to Katie Holmes, who is just, like, doing her best. She's perfectly serviceable but when you're in a movie where you're having all michael kane morgan freeman gary oldman liam neeson ken watson when you're like ninth when your ninth build is tom wilkinson (laughs) then you better step it up who's already like an oscar nominee for that point for in the bedroom who's also in i think he's in shakespeare in love he's in the full monty he's in i know but by 2005 i'm saying he wasn't as Sure, in everything sure. in the states like he didn't because full monty sure. yes, is very yes, still yes. british whatever but like it's still like he still was an academy award nominee for best actor for in the bedroom in i think 2001 so it's like and yeah, he's yeah. carmine falcone like ninth build um that you're like when you're you're surrounded by a lot of heavy hitting actors and you got the girl from dawson's creek that's not michelle williams you know if you're gonna get dawson's creek get michelle williams that, i did think that earlier today too yeah. i was like why didn't they yeah. go for the one who's gone on to be a really strong actor <laughs> or amy adams who who would go on to play lois lane in those awful Zack snyder mm. superman movies um where she is one of the few bright spots because she's amy adams she's and a she bright spot can everything. act really quick let's touch on Detective Flass, played by Mark Boone Jr., one of the kind of the counterpoint to Gordon as like the corrupt cop. Um, do you have anyone for this? The only one I have is going to be super niche, but he's Great. a comedian that some people will oh. know named John Gabrus, who <laughs> is a delight. And I was like, yeah, John Gabrus would be great in this yeah. part. And that's my one thought. Great. Love it. Love it. I mean, it's such a nothing role, which is... It's not a nothing role. Okay, you're right. It's you're just, right. you know... It's not that it's not a nothing Not role. a role with someone we know in it. This is true. Now, he is... Mark Boone Jr. Uh, was in Memento. So you got the Christopher Nolan connection. Okay. And he, he was in Sons of Anarchy. Is like... Never I know you didn't, but if <laughs> the same way that apparently all these people that are like, um, Stephen Pasquale did Broadway, I'm pretty sure he's the guy from Rescue Me. Whereas I'm like, have you not listened to all the podcasts on which John Gabrus is a hilarious guest? Come on. He's a very funny guy, but uh, Joey Pants, Joe Pantoliano ah, turned it down I also, it also in Memento, but he turned it down because as he said, 
he cited it as an unimportant character, which I get. But I get from Chris Nolan being like, hey, you were amazing in Memento. I'd love to work with you again. I, you know, Joey Pants isn't big enough to have him be Gordon, even yeah. though he looks, even though Gary Oldman looks similar. in Batman Begins looks just like how Joey Pants looks in Memento. I he's got the glasses. Here, he's got the crew cut. He's got the mustache. Here's what I will say. At this point in his career. Yeah. Now, if this were today, he'd be like, please give me that part. Thank you so much. But at yeah. this point in his career, I can see like his, his, his reps talking to him and being like, no, man, you got to take a bigger part. You're not going to do this. Because that's like how people build careers. And sometimes sure. it really works. Yeah. And sometimes it doesn't. And I think Joey pants being in this role even though it's like a smaller part it's still like a batman movie it would have been useful for him that's true i forget when because he was on the sopranos he won like an emmy for the sopranos it's oh, one wow, of his other yeah. big things i don't remember when that was if that was around the this time, time or a little earlier but like, or a little it's, later it's, you know but, like that's yeah. that is part of why you have a team is so that they yeah. can guide you and be like here's we're gonna help you make decisions and sometimes it's a good decision and sometimes it's like you know what we should have gone with yeah. the thing that was a smaller part with better people i mean i get it when it's like because he's probably like fifth build in the matrix after yeah. keanu carrie Ann moss lawrence fishburne and hugo weaving he's on the poster yeah. for the matrix and to then be like if like tom wilkinson is like eighth build and ken watanabe is ninth yeah. then he'd be like you like you want me to be 10th build you want me to be that far down the cast yeah. um and it's a real concern but it's also like dude yeah. you're a weird character actor like take it's the part true. Yeah, but you know you know, I can't I can't argue with like whatever having your principles of being like, you know what, I'm not gonna do this role. I'm not okay. gonna do this role that's completely inconsequential. Although totally. once we rewatched it, I was like, oh, this character is actually in more of the film than I remember. I really only remember him being like stealing money from the falafel guy, no, going he's like all over this your, movie. your kids don't like falafel, and then Batman hanging him from a building. So I didn't remember how much he was in the movie. And I'm yeah. like, you know what? He's in the movie enough that I mean I, Memento was like two thousand. That was like five years before. I'm like, I don't know what mm movie-wise he had going on then um but anyway let's finish up with our final character so many characters with all actors up for them but so many. our final one jonathan crane scarecrow thoughts on killian murphy and who would you cast if you had to cast someone else great i love killian murphy he's my favorite i don't want to cast anyone else but i have a bunch yeah. of joke answers and a couple that are maybe real here's my joke answers great. ray bolger the best scarecrow of all time uh you may know him from playing the scarecrow in the wizard of oz uh then i have uh grouped when you put the mask on, does he look like Groot? Yes, he does. Okay. Uh, subsequently, previously mentioned Wes Bentley, I legitimately think would be like a creepy yeah. choice. Not better than Killian Murphy, no. but he's very good. Yeah. And then this would be a much older choice, but I think legitimately a good one. Paul McGann, who is the eye of With Nail and I. Oh, he's got a, a similar kind of creepy. Yeah. So, you know, he's yeah. done a lot of like British television. He's got great cheekbones yeah. and he is someone here like, do I trust you? No, I don't. <laughs> you know, and uh, I yeah. think ultimately the point is keep Killian Murphy. Good job. Sure. Yeah. The only other person I could see, maybe maybe that's mean to say, he kind of looks a bit like a scarecrow, would be Adrian Brody. He's a tall, lanky fella. Not mean to say. <laughs> a character actor needs to know where they stand, and sometimes that is on very narrow legs. <laughs> um, but I, I think he could have done a good job as well. I yeah. mean, it's hard, as we've said, like, this movie's a little too overstuffed. He doesn't really have enough time to develop, which is why it's nice that he gets to come back totally. in Dark Knight, Dark Knight but Rises, not, and gets a little more like to do. it's not like the Joker where you're like, Oh yes, you're right. gonna win an Oscar for this. Yeah, it's like no, you're not. You're you're gonna be creepy and you're gonna be masked half the time. You you right. no one would even know if it was you because you're wearing a grocery sack over your face. True. So not for this version of Chris Nolan's Batman Begins, but, but 
before Batman and Robin became such a failure, Joel Schumacher was still going to make another Batman film after it called Batman Triumphant, which would have featured the Scarecrow. And he was, quote, talking to Nick Cage for the role. But you know what? And I see it. It's just terrifying enough to work. I know. Because Batman Robin's like 98. So like a 2000 Nick oh, Cage. Yeah. No, I see. I, I... I shockingly see it. I'll never get it out of my brain. Now it's seared into my nutmegs. I'm pretty excited about <laughs> that. It's like, he's he's here. Who, who's here? The the Batman. Yeah. It, I don't, you don't even need to do that for me, for me to be able to envision it and be able to envision this guy who was once a doctor and then lost it. Lost it. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, of the I, I could see him in that a lot more than I could see him as like whatever Gordon or Ducard. Oh, no, it's it's yeah. good casting. Yeah, Two thousand, yeah. good casting. I mean, I don't want to see it, right, but it's good casting. Right. Um, what do you think about this casting? Paul Bettany auditioned. Oh well, he's very attractive. He is. He also he makes a a very fine villain. He was the villain in that uh Han Solo uh prequel didn't movie see it made. but what i will say is cheekbones often equate to villainy true and in that case he's ready yeah. to win yeah i always mess up his last name christopher eccleston eccleston eccleston, eccleston. i love this idea this yeah. works for me oh my gosh i'm I mean, sad it didn't happen right around the time of doctor who yes no you don't have to but... tell me what time this was yeah. around because he was in season one of the reboot <laughs> and he is dark and upsetting and wonderful yeah and uh, I'm into it. I, I, mean, I still think Killian Murphy is creepier yeah. overall. Because he's in that. He's in 28 Days Later, with which was Killian Murphy's like yeah. breakout film. He's like the one but of the human villains. One of the things that Christopher Eccleston does yeah. really well is deliver this intensity, like unbridled, sure. unapologetic intensity that I think would work really well. It works well for a comic book villain. Totally. Totally. Although he is, unfortunately, it's not really his fault, but he's the villain in the second Thor movie. But he's pancaked with oh. evil elf makeup oh. and it's just, it's like he just has barely anything to do um i know you know what he still got that marvel money so i'm sure that he was like whatever yeah, yeah. you know what the check didn't bounce Bubba baby uh, um and now we're getting a little stranger marilyn manson was considered which um, you know what this reminds me of is that, you know how they've done all the live um, Broadway shows and how when they did that Jesus Christ Superstar Live, they had Alice Cooper playing Harold. Yes. Harold? Oh, my gosh. Alice Cooper playing King Herod. Yes, yes, yes. This feels like a similar choice. So when where... Fox does Batman Live, they'll have Marilyn Manson singing oh, a scarecrow. Batman, <laughs> you're going down, Batman. Well, no, it'd be like it'd be like a jukebox musical. So like they just be like Googling. I could just see these idiots Googling like any song with the like fear in it. Like, great. So you're going to sing uh, Don't Fear the Reaper. There you go. We're done. Moving on. That's a wrap. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I will admit to not having enough of a Marilyn Manson uh, knowledge yeah. to be able to give you any contributions in this area. I mean, he's acted in a few things. Speaking of Mark Boone Jr. and Sons of Anarchy, he had he was in Sons of Anarchy for a few uh, the episodes. Mance. The Mance was in a few episodes Good as for a him. I'm glad as when this, artists like, work. You know? Weirdo prisoner, and um, yeah, he'll pop up in a few things. But he's not, I mean, he's not like an actor. Actor, he's theatrical. The way Killian Murphy is, of no. course, of course. Killian of course. Murphy is yeah. so good at acting. Yeah. <laughs> um, and finally, this is a weirder choice for me. Hugh McGregor was a favorite in an earlier form of the project. Mm. Which I get, he's just like... I see why they thought of him, um, but he's just too, like, friendly. You know what I, I mean? I know. He's... Even when he's playing someone who's kind of a dick, yeah. he's a little yeah. too friendly. I really enjoyed 
that Birds of Prey movie, but like he's the villain in it, and he's probably the weakest part of it to mm. me. Where it's, he just plays him as like a wild card like he can't really do like i'm evil it's just that he can do like that his version of that is just like i'm just crazy wow. so i'm just like yeah. yeah which this is not who scarecrow is no, scarecrow no, no. is very he's a doctor very he's methodical purposeful very. yeah and you mcgregor i mean you're once again you're playing against type like with gary oldman and liam neeson but and you need someone who's ready to do that it's and, true and it's true not everyone is yeah. And Ewan McGregor had a very busy 2005 because he was finishing up Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. He had the Michael Bay film The Island. He had this garbage thriller movie Stay with Ryan Gosling. Mm. Uh, and then he, and he was also lending his voice to the animated films Robots and Valiant, where he played a little World War II pigeon. <laughs> of all the things that you could have said to finish that sentence, pigeon was pigeon. not the... Th- thing that i thought it was gonna be so those are all the characters that i found other casting options for so before we move on we're gonna do a quick segment of trading places so if one of the actors almost cast in batman begins did land the role and it led to them subsequently trading careers with the actor who actually was cast who would you most like to see personally I would do Daniel Day-Lewis as Ducard because mm. then you've got Liam Neeson as Abe Lincoln and that's probably the only other person I could see playing Lincoln. Yet another non-American. <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's the height. It's the height. Us Americans, we're not tall enough to be playing Lincoln. That's <laughs> not true. It's so true. It's just a fact. Okay. Um, but you've got, I mean, come on, Liam Neeson as Lincoln is like, to me, that's a no-brainer. Okay. Um, I see it. I see it. But then you'd also have Daniel Day-Lewis doing all these dumb action films like Taken and Nonstop and The Commuter and lending such an overqualified performance to them, which I kind of love. I like the idea of Daniel Day-Lewis um, doing these like trashy B-movie action films. I know it predates it, but Daniel Day-Lewis and Love Actually is oh, God. hilarious to me. <laughs> yeah come on son i mean i guess you'd get liam neeson then and there will be blood which i'm less interested I'm definitely in less interested in that it's true it's true but what about um gangs of new york yeah once again uh whatever you, what you want to call it backlogging yeah um because it already been filmed um yeah i mean it's well that I'm actually well liam neeson is also in Irish. gangs in new york because he plays Leonardo DiCaprio's dad. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Wow, I haven't seen Dan- it probably since oh, theaters. Daniel Day-Lewis kills him toot sweet in about 10 minutes into the film. <laughs> well, we've tied it all together, folks. There, there you go. go. They would just be doing the old switcheroo. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that's that's who I do. Okay, this is, again, based on what I've said, uh, perhaps a bit of a wild card choice. <laughs> but I want to see Jake Gyllenhaal. Sure. Of course, that means maybe we don't get Maggie in the sequel, and that is disappointing. But as we know, there are lots of talented brunettes in the world. So, fine. Um, yeah, but I, yeah. I do think that edge of you know, of you know, you know another, another talented brunette, get Jennifer Connelly in there. Get Jennifer, Jennifer Connelly to be ADA of Gotham. Oh, um, yeah, that woman is a boss. Yes. But uh, so now instead, we've got Christian Bale as Mr. Music in John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch. <laughs> I'm now picturing Christian Bale <laughs> singing the very difficult Sondheim score of Sunday in the Park with George. And frankly, mm. it's a disaster. Maybe. But one I mean, who, I'm willing to witness. I never would have imagined Jake Gyllenhaal could sing until he was like, no, coming to Broadway. Here's the thing. Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. wants it. Jake Gyllenhaal is a musical theater fan. You don't think Christian Bale wants everything he does? That man has put his body through hell. He but played... does he train the voice? I think so. Christian Bale. For his interviews, 
will stay in character. So that's why when doing interviews wow. for Batman, he was doing an American accent. Whatever, but whatever movie he's doing, he doesn't break character. He's like Robert Downey Jr. in Tropic Thunder. He doesn't break character until the commentary. I'm trying to picture him, though, doing like the day off where he's like, second bottle. Woof! And I can't. Whereas Jake Gyllenhaal's I like, of I Sunday in the Park to... with George. Yes. I thought you meant picturing Christian Bale on his day off, and I was like, Christian Bale doesn't have a day off. <laughs> no, Christian mean... Bale is always working. He's always prepping. I mean the song. <laughs> he doesn't even know what role he's prepping for, and his like, I don't even know if it, what, bum, what, bum, what is bum, if he's married or bum, he's got a family. Bum, 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 bum. Especially these kids being like, Dad, can we go play catch? He's like, ooh, I don't I'm know just, if the role that I'm going to play next plays catch. So it, instead, I'm going to sit in a locked room until I decide on my next role. I'm not going to do a thing. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to drink. I'm going to just... I'm picturing him like... a little flower in my field. Sitting on a stool, just <laughs> wide-eyed, like... You know, and I, I'm picturing it, but it is um, a joke to me. As opposed to Jake Gyllenhaal, who is like... Get me in there. Let me learn it all. Um, Wide-eyed and insane, though. I maybe. guess. I mean, now, now you got Jake Gyllenhaal as Dick Cheney in Vice. I didn't see that. But regardless of whether or not you've seen it, that's you're still going to get it if you do Trading Places. He's not just Trading Places for the films you've mm, seen. It's still mm, Trading Places mm, for the mm, things mm, you have not. Mm, mm, you're right. You're right. So that means right. that year we would have gotten Christian Bale in Brokeback Mountain with Heath mm. Ledger, which I'm not mad about. Not, I mean, they're both yeah. good actors. Christian Bale and Nightcrawler, that makes sense that, to me. That I Christian could watch. Bale could be a spooky, scary man. Spooky, spooky. <laughs> a spooky, spooky man. I dig it. I like that Trading Places option. Um, regardless of if it means that Maggie Gyllenhaal would have to stay far away from Dark Knight to not be romanced by her brother. <laughs> All right. So final thoughts. Amy Jo on Batman Begins. Final th- anything else we haven't touched on? Anything else about the actors? Anything like Tom Wilkinson? We've kind of talked a bit about Tom Wilkinson I and love Ken Tom Watanabe. Wilkinson. My one note about Tom Wilkinson is just his name and then a bunch of hearts next to it because yeah, I love yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's pretty good knowing what is to come with Dark Knight. Of course. It's like incomparable. Totally, you know? totally. Like, um, um, yeah, it's pretty good. I think they set up some stuff that will be better paid off in future films. Yeah. That's basically my my feeling on that absolutely uh, in addition to everything i've said about like why wasn't ken watanabe playing this part etc i know which i mean chris nolan you know working with him on this was like oh i really like working with this guy i really wish i had more for you to do and that's why he kept him in mind was like i'm gonna cast you again and then put him in inception which i think he's He's great in great absolutely um so i want to end with this final bit of trivia while shooting on the streets of chicago a person accidentally crashed into the batmobile the driver was drunk and said he hit the car in a state of panic, believing the Batmobile to be an invading alien spacecraft. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which I love. It's still on the ground. It's not like in The Dark Knight Rises in that third one. Then he's got like the flying like bat. Yeah, totally. he could fly around. I mean, but it's, it's, it's not still... funny because the the driver is intoxicated, and that's no. why he's making those leaps and does. We know that <laughs> it, that is not okay. However, oh my gosh, that's so much. I mean, it would be great if he just like whatever. Hopefully, it wasn't like a huge crash. If he just like dinged this car, and then imagining like either Christian Bale or stuntman popping out as Batman. So just being like, <gasps> is this some kind of spacecraft? And then like these doors going like. And two little winged, little little uh, ear, little bat ears pop up and look at you. I would probably lose my mind. Uh- <laughs> oh my gosh! Wow, there's so much to that. Wow.
That's how Batman began. <laughs> from space. Batman began in space. Just like Superman. He came from, from space. space. You know where bats come? From space. From space. They fly in. How do I know they don't come from space? I thought it was one of them space bats. <laughs> space bats. Oh, here in Chicago, we got those. You got to watch out for those space bats in Chicago. Oh, They'll get gosh. you every time. They're a real menace, you know. <laughs> Uh, I'm just trying to get my Chicago-style pizza, and a space bat flew at me. I wanted to make a joke about deep dish pizza, but then I was so disgusted thinking about a bat being in it, and I can't, I can't go forward with the bit. <laughs> then we shan't. Amy Jo. Yeah. What are you recommending this week? Well, Jeff, uh, I'm recommending one of my favorite books I've ever read. Um. It's by the author Roxanne Gay, who is a phenomenal mm-hmm. author and, and feminist. And, and she's written a ton of like essays and books. But w- m- her favorite tome of mine that I've ever read is called Hunger, A Memoir of My Body. And truly, I read it, I think, in 2017 for the first time. And I really can attribute, unlike few other pieces of art, a before and after. Like, I'm really wow. like... There is Before I Read Hunger by Roxane Gay. And there's After. Um, It is not like a light little, like, let me just toss it off on a Tuesday on the beach. But at the same time, it is, it's not like a a super dense read. It's just a very emotional read. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I strongly recommend it. I think it's so good. I think it's so important for so many people to read. It's at the cross section of like, um... LGBTQ with black American with like uh, like different issues of obesity and and what it means to be person of size in America and there's just so much in it to recommend and I I just think it's so good and I can't recommend it hardly enough so I Great. say Hunger by Roxanne Gay love it Jeff Amy Jo what are you recommending I'm gonna recommend the film Loose. 2019 drama from director Julius Ona. It stars Kelvin Harrison Jr. as a star high school student whose behavior raises suspicion from his teacher, Octavia Spencer, who alerts his adopted parents, Naomi Watts and Tim Roth. And I don't want to say too much else about the plot, just that it's a drama shot like a thriller. It's a very ambiguous film kind of morally ambiguous kind of just like within the writing so don't expect easy answers from it or like a to be wrapped up in a tidy bow but it's got some incredible acting especially from harrison jr who i was unfamiliar with and octavia spencer might be the best thing i've seen octavia spencer do um she's not just like warm friend which she does is forced to do constantly in like shape of water and um, hidden figures, even the help, even though she's great in these things, she gets to be like really hard edged and ha- gets like some weird, like complicated, like meaty territory mm. to get into, which is very cool. And it's got fan- some fantastic direction um, from Ona, who was saddled with the unfortunate third Cloverfield movie, Cloverfield Paradox, which has an awful, awful script, but great cast, great production design, and good direction, which is easy with a bad film to Overlook. assume the director is like, oh, well, the director can't direct. And they're like, oh no. He was just given an, an awful script. But in this, it's like a fantastically directed film. Um, so it's currently on Hulu. So if you got Hulu, check it out. And if not, uh, give it a rent. And because it's got some great acting, a small little film. It's called Loose. L-U-C-E. Oh, see, I would have thought it was spelled like the adjective. I know. Um, but that's the the main character's name, Loose. I see. Because it means 
light. Uh, and that is what we're recommending this week. Da, da, da. Do you have a film that you'd love for us to break down the casting of? Email us at andalmoststarring at gmail.com and let us know. You can also find us on Instagram at andalmoststarring. And if you're enjoying the show, you could pop by iTunes and drop us a little rating and review. The if... review would be great if it was five stars. <laughs> just saying, hashtag, just saying. Hashtag, just saying. Until next time, I'm Jeff Ronan. I'm Major Jackson. And thanks for joining us to see who almost starred. <laughs> <laughs>